0: And then he goes into the well. my name is Cuban Pit. I'm the king of the rumba beat. When I play my maracas, I go chick chicky boom, chick chicky boom. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins.
1: Alright everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Cheerio. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cheerio. (laughs) And from uh (laughs) from Music Video Sins Barrett Share. Hiyo. Hi-o! Hey 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 oh we are going to continue our road trip today. On the road again the most time-honored tradition of all, the road trip. Oh, the places you'll go. Are we there yet? No.
2: Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet?
1: No. We there yet? no. Road trip. We're going to be doing Kansas and Kentucky today. You know, we're making our way
0: through
2: this great nation. Making yes, our are. way in uh, the world today. Sorry.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. A few weeks ago, I was like, man, by the time we get to Kentucky, I'll be like, that'll be forever.
1: And Like, here we are. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> <laughs> Now, if we had actually driven to <laughs> states by alphabetical, <laughs> that would require n- not only to get out of our car occasionally. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> we'd still we'd be- have to rent right. cars.
1: We'd have to fly and rent cars to go to like across the country yeah. a lot of times. This one, these are these are close together. This is, this is close as it gets uh, in much. this uh, in this thing. I, I guess Indiana and Iowa. Were pretty yeah, close. Indiana and Iowa was pretty close. Uh, but uh, we go on to Kansas, where I'm looking at this list. Mm. I haven't seen very many movies on this, and there's oh, not yep. very many in general. Mm. But a lot of it has to deal with Superman or- yeah. and corn.
2: Mm, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And- uh, in fact, that's that's all there is there: <laughs> Superman and corn. Mm-hmm. I think my, there might be a college and a football team, but that's yeah. it. Yeah. I We're actually have sisters. never been to Kansas, um, so all I have are stereotypes and preconceived notions. Yeah. I mean, if you
0: showed a random person of a picture of Nebraska and a picture of Kansas, they probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference, right? <laughs> I don't even know if you could t- show it to a Nebraska or Kansas
2: resident and they wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I was born in Kansas City. Were you really? Missouri. Ah. But there is a Kansas City, Kansas. Right on the other side mm-hmm. of the river. Mm-hmm. But so mm-hmm. it's, it's really dumb. Mm-hmm. That's really, really dumb. Like- the postal workers there in that region, their job is twice as hard. Mm-hmm. They have to look twice. They have to look twice as long at every address to make sure it, that mail didn't come to the wrong Kansas City. Well, they could always go by zip code. Shut up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's like Newman and Seinfeld, we're like let me tell you a little secret about zip code. They don't mean anything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> actually, they do though. You can you can actually put a zip code without the city and state, and it'll get to the right place.
1: Ooh. But yeah, I mean, just about any Superman movie—Batman v Superman, Man of Steel, the old Richard Donner Superman. I mean, you know, the man's from Kansas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, he he lands in Kansas and he's he's brought up by Mon Pa Kent and, and Smallville, right? And uh, Smallville, yeah. And then you know, and then. Sometimes his dad gets carried away by a tornado and he tells him, don't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Let me die. The world does not need to know of your powers
2: just to save me. Sometimes he just keels over on the farm. That's good. That's, but that happens he pretty too. much always dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always. I guess that's the last new way to do superman yeah like the next time they reboot superman it'll be it'll be ma kent that dies and pa will live yeah exactly That's the only new wrinkle they can bring but
1: ma kent will be the one who instills all the values and
2: everything yeah and also says uh let this tornado kill me Mm -hmm. don't do that's right that's right it'll be
1: it'll be (laughs) diane lane again she'll be like 70 and still look like she's 25
0: (laughs) is uh i'm trying to figure out who played pa kent in the original superman um, old guy number three.
1: Oh, it was uh, it was actually somebody who Glenn was a, Ford. Yeah, it was a name actor. I was about to say who? interesting. Glenn, Glenn Ford.
2: Ford. Oh, he was in westerns and stuff, right? Yeah, I believe he was. But he was in a lot of stuff.
1: Ooh,
0: my son is guilty. Convicted woman. Men without souls. <laughs> I feel as though we're on the cusp of a of a rabbit hole here. <laughs> we are. Yeah, he's been in a ton of stuff. Wow. But uh, Kevin Costner, I guess, has probably become the most recognizable pot Kent. Yeah. Because he's in it, I guess, the most. What
2: Mm -hmm. about the Dukes a Hazard guy from the Smallville show?
0: Oh, is he? That's Bo Duke, isn't it? Or one of the Dukes? Yeah, one of them. I don't give a fuck.
2: Did you ever see Smallville? I watched a couple episodes of Smallville. Here's the deal. And this is a perfect place for us to insert Patton Oswald's rant about the Star Wars prequels and not want to see what's in Darth (laughs) Vader's balls or whatever. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Because... I, I'm sick of this. We did it with Smallville a long time ago. Now we've done it with Gotham. We're on the we're on the fourth fucking season of Gotham. Mm-hmm. I don't watch this show, but you don't watch it. And now there's a new show, Krypton. Let's go back before the time of the hero. You know, <laughs> and tell us why. I don't. I really don't give a shit. I don't understand it. Yeah, I'm sick of it. I I don't Stop think it. I've watched any of these like origin things. Like
0: I haven't like Smallville or Gotham or no. anything. I hear good the things
2: Smallville about Smallville went on for like 10 seasons. It did. Yeah. Smallville was on for forever. And then one of the chicks on Smallville started a cult with a prostitution ring. Oh, you know what oh I'm talking yes, about. I do. Yes. It was Allison Mack? Yes. Because Christian Kruk had to come out and say, because she was part of it at first, yeah. but she didn't know about any of the sex traffic. <laughs> right. yeah, oh, this a, is for real? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. This is yeah, a yeah. crazy oh, I have ass no story. <laughs> the actress from Smallville, the blonde, you probably can picture her face even if you mm. never watched Smallville. Yeah. Um, And she was sort of like the, because there was kind of like a Betty and uh, Veronica thing with it's Superman's Smallville. character. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, and Kristen Crock was Lana Lana what, Lang or whatever, yeah. and then the, Allison Mack was this... Other character on the show for forever. And then, like, a few months ago, it came out. Oh, for the last several years, she's been, like, the second in command of of a sex cult. As one
0: does. Yeah. And she's she's like the PR person or something like oh that. Oh, my
2: God. Well, she's actually, she's out of the country now, and they're expecting her to be arrested any day and oh, extradited back to so the crazy. US. It's so crazy. It's insane. But
1: but she has such an innocent IMDb picture. <laughs> she,
2: does. she does, but so does Jeffrey Dahmer. But,
1: but you know what? She's from, yeah, exactly. It's true. It's true. But you know what? She's from Germany. Fucking Germans. Oh, man. <laughs> allison mac people bring who- bring in their bring in their german prostitution <laughs> in our on our borders there's two types of people i hate in the world those who are <laughs> intolerant to other cultures and the dutch that's right <laughs> dutch. <laughs> um uh speaking of kevin costner uh, yeah <laughs> yeah when, or prostitution whatever <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> however we can get the dances with wolves <laughs> i think Costner's probably the better route <laughs> i don't remember any prostitution <laughs> no ever. there wasn't so how much of dances with wolves is supposed to take place in kansas all of it
0: so he gets wounded in tennessee i was reminded of the the story uh because it's been a while since i've seen this mm. uh Koster gets wounded fighting for the union right in uh in tennessee i think so and he goes he like charges the confederates to try to draw their fire because he thinks he's going to die mm-hmm. and that's how he becomes a hero he gets sent off to uh kansas like a fort in kansas to man the that's where the crazy guy that kills himself uh, mm-hmm. exiles him essentially mm-hmm. says so go out to this outpost the furthest one we have and he goes from kansas i think he ends up in south dakota um, but it's a fictional fort that he goes to.
2: Well, he, yeah, and I think most of the movie is Kansas because mm. he's at that fort for most of it, and going off to visit um, God, the I, Sioux. Is it the Sioux? Yeah, yeah. I didn't remember which tribe it was. Uh, but then they do move, like because he falls in love with uh, stands with a fist. That's the girl's name, right? Stans yeah, Mary McDonald. Is it Mary McDonald? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the tribe pack, packs up and moves. Oh, yeah. I think a couple different times. Yeah, because the because he finds Buffalo. Uh, and so they pack up and move and and hunt the buffalo, and I think they make uh, two or three different like community camps throughout. So they they might end up in South Dakota or something. Mm. God, I love this movie. Every time I see it, I stop and watch a few minutes. The music kills me. Like the score is incredible. There's like this is one of those rare scores where there's like like Jurassic Park where there's three or four different themes mm-hmm. that are all iconic. Um, and I, I saw this great interview a couple weeks ago with Costner on the uh the Graham Norton show, Norton show, mm-hmm. British. Jay Leno, Uh, (laughs) where he was telling the story about, you know, the friends that he had in life that that wanted a little something extra from him on their break into the, the business. He had become a star and he had friends that were like hey i'm uh, i got an idea for a movie and he was telling a specific story about one friend who had written something and and showed it to costner and costner didn't like it and the friend got really mad at him like mm. you don't want to help me blah 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 blah. and costner was like just write something good <laughs> and the guy went away and he didn't hear from him for forever and he came back like a year later and said hey i wrote this what do you think um and it was dance with the wolves really yeah hmm.
0: interesting
1: now, it is. Now, I am looking at the IMDb, and this was, looked like it was filmed mostly in South Dakota. Mm. Like, in, in, and it would be a South Dakota movie more than anything on here. It has one thing in Kansas, and it's like
2: a fort. Okay. the so, good thing we spent 10 minutes talking about it. I mean, <laughs> we can come back to it I don't in wanna, South Dakota. Yeah.
1: I mean, either, either we need to cut this and put it in South Dakota, or we just say, sorry, South Dakota.
2: <laughs> well, it's only going to be like two other movies <laughs> right? to talk about for South sure. Dakota.
1: <laughs> we'll talk about it more. I'll, I'll, I'll watch Dances with Wolves again, just so we can talk about Dances with Wolves.
2: I actually
0: would like to watch dance it, it, When's the most recent time that you saw it? Is it mm, pretty a week recent? and a half
2: ago?
1: Oh,
0: really? Yeah. Oh, wow. See, I feel like that's a movie that, even though it's super fucking long, like that's a movie that I'd I'd like to revisit again because it affected me a lot when I saw it. When it, you know, it I still guess a gets
2: me when those motherfuckers shoot the wolf. Yeah, yeah. Ah, it pisses me like I get. I am getting angry right now just mm. thinking about it. God, and it has to be there. Like I re- I realize from like Costner's perspective as the filmmaker why he has to put but God it kills me
1: every time. Mm. I know it's coming. It's just like old yeller. Did he win best director? He did. He did. Wow. Best picture. And uh and this was another year where an actor is like, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a movie and it's gonna be awesome and it's gonna be it's gonna rob Martin Scorsese of an Oscar. <laughs> because because he did that in 1980 with Robert Redford and ordinary people, and uh, so then ten years later, exactly ten years later, Costner makes his magnum opus of you know, and uh, and it beats Goodfellas. Out, you imagine so.
0: like him at the the post Oscar party, just like trolling Martin Scorsese, just walking behind him Yeah. Oscar. Oh yeah,
1: there's a there. It would be nice to. See. It would be cool to look at some like uh, you know, like some past winners and who they beat and everything like i know that hillary swank beat annette benning twice in oscar yeah. nom you know like oscar races and it would be interesting because annette benning's never won yeah and hillary swank's got two and i like hillary swank but you yeah, know yeah she yeah. ain't annette benning yeah and uh and, it, and and both times it just happens that swank came out with that one great performance that you know and it's the way it should be mm-hmm. you know um all right so then there's a uh, there's, uh, you have the capote movies capote mm-hmm. and infamous both came out very close to each other uh capote has philip seymour hoffman playing and, and infamous has toby jones playing him mm-hmm. um i haven't seen infamous still i, I did like capote a, quite a bit mm-hmm. once again another great philip seymour hoffman performance ho-hum yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. just another day at work yeah exactly. he got nominated
0: for this too didn't he Capote, capote. Yeah, he won he won this. right yeah,
1: yeah yeah uh but yeah both of them are really good um and by proxy we sort of just have to talk about in cold blood as Mm -hmm. well i have not seen this or read the book i have not seen in cold blood either yeah or read it oh really i've read the book yeah yeah
0: it's about is it uh, is it
1: as awesome as it's as it's been portrayed well it's interesting
0: because there's so much of capote's influence on the story itself Mm -hmm. because he ended up falling in love or or developing a relationship with the killer or accused killer no, I think he, he admitted to do it. Yeah, because he got executed and Capote was at the execution. Mm. Um, you know, this this guy kills a family of four in I think it's Wichita, Kansas, some small town in, in Kansas. And Capote's coverage of it, because he became like fascinated with it, uh, became in cold blood. And it's hard for me to separate after seeing Capote the movie uh, how much he inserted himself into in cold blood because mm-hmm. the story itself is compelling you know how how this happened the the story of the murderer himself but then when you get the extra layer of capote's relationship with the killer like it's it's just this crazy um you know meta stuff that that's hard to parse out but it's really really interesting and like you said the the toby jones uh performance in infamous may be f- fantastic it may be even better than philip seymour hoffman but he mm. was awesome in it
1: yeah um and then he had uh he was uh he wrote breakfast at tiffany's mm-hmm. too yeah that was another big one that he wrote yep uh and i don't i'm not a capote expert that's where it ends that's all i know is in cold blood and breakfast at tiffany's yeah. i know he wrote more stuff and i know he also was known mostly for didn't he do like a lot of stage performances and stuff mm-hmm. where he would come out and he would talk almost garrison Keeler like or whatever well yeah
0: because he's such a compelling figure like he he had that weird voice yeah. I can't do I can't do it right, voice. right. <laughs> it was that high pitched effeminate voice that mm-hmm. was, that characterized his whole being yeah and you know he was very erudite and everything and and very smart and very funny uh so yeah he's just he wasn't as, erudite.
2: he was
1: divergent <laughs> that's right that's right
0: you imagine the next book in that series is going to be erudite (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) anyway um now here's a few that i haven't seen the big kahuna i remember that coming out uh never seen help me out who's this that's that owen wilson movie i think isn't it big kahuna Uh, oh yeah no this is danny devito
0: kevin spacey and peter Fascinelli. Oh, and so they're at a they're at a uh, like a a convention in Kansas, similar to Cedar Rapids. know, being in a convention and they're trying to Spacey and DeVito are trying to land this guy that, you know, is in control of the whole industry, the big kahuna. And Uh. so they end up sending Peter Fassanelli to to go make inroads with him. Basically, Mm -hmm. it's it's almost like a play uh spacey's fantastic in this devito's it probably
1: started as one yeah that was the case because that's back in the day where they seemed and spacey was in a lot of these where they used to be like a play first and Mm -hmm. then they made the movie i'm thinking of the big bounce by the way for that owen wilson movie oh yeah (laughs) um but no i never saw this um then here's a here's a sort of classic uh 80s uh horror movie critters i've never seen that really i've never seen it
2: i saw it but god i was probably 11 i don't remember i mean however old i was i don't remember critters tremors and there was one more isn't critters like a discount gremlins yes okay that's it's little thought.
0: aliens that come down to earth there was
2: ghoulies ghoulies yeah. Was the other one. yeah 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 <laughs>
0: and uh yeah they they wreak havoc and like you know kill a bunch of people and they have to find a way to eradicate them. This Pretty much big, everything's
2: like, a discount gremlins, though, if you if you think about it.
0: I don't know. Yeah, this is like a cross between Tremors and Gremlins, basically. Tremlins. Tremlins. Yeah. Gremlers.
1: See, this is where I wish Jonathan was here, because then he would be able to be like, oh, man, critters? Let me talk about that. <laughs> he would be all over it. He'd give us the whole thing, and we're like, damn, oh, yeah, my critters' knowledge is, is lacking. Um... Then there's uh, Dark Places this is a Charlie's Theron movie. This I've one never, I haven't seen. Never
0: seen it. Uh listen to the cast in this though. It's a crazy cast that I didn't realize. Charlie's Theron, uh, Christina Hendricks, Nicholas Holt, uh Corey Stahl, uh, Drea Di Mateo, and that's basically it. But it's enough to where like I thought this would be on my radar. I had never heard of this movie. This
1: is another murder movie. Yeah if you want to kill somebody you know kansas. you go you go to kansas there's mm-hmm. a lot of murdery stuff going on there <laughs> murder superman and yeah, corn. me exactly that's pretty much <laughs> what it is um uh, then there's the day after that's
2: another thing about kansas you've seen this one ah the day after is this the nuclear holocaust yeah jason oh, robarts uh
1: that's another thing if you ever have an apocalyptic movie it's always <laughs> like well where's the most desolate place that we can go where there's like you know we can film and there's not like you know buildings or anything you know <laughs> we we'll go to kansas it seems like because that doesn't even doesn't even the stand end up there at some point? No, they're in Boulder. They're in Boulder. Yeah. Kind of, uh, they probably yeah. went through
2: Kansas on the way. I, I think they did.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then there's, uh, what was that? Uh, was it Jericho, that TV show mm-hmm. went to, didn't it go to Kansas? Yeah. That was
0: Jericho, Kansas. Yeah. Was it Kansas? Oh, uh, it was a criminally underseen show. I,
1: I watched it for a while and then something I got, I got real tired of it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I heard that it got really good. Yeah. But, uh, I liked it at first, and then I was like, "Where's this?
2: Where's this?" Key? Didn't they make that hip hop song about that show where they go, oh, "Skeet, skeet, skeet"? skeet. <laughs> <laughs> they
1: did. That's the untold true story. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Uh... <laughs> everybody was wondering what happened to skeet already <laughs> and then it, it came down a little john telling us everybody where you know
0: telling us where it was you know it's weird and i guess we should get back to the day after eventually but when i was in uh went on vacation to the beach and there's like this renaissance of early 2000 hip-hop that the kids are listening to now including little john and the east side boys really uh, there was a, a balcony that was facing the beach Family location, and everything. There was this group of teenagers that were like, Oh, ski, ski, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, it's like 10 in the morning, and they're ah. out there fucking like
1: yelling. All these wow, uh, crazy that's shit. terrible. Anyway, I haven't seen The Day After. Oh, really? Have
2: you guys seen it? They go showed ahead and this to- shit in school. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was young and impressionable, and this gave me nightmares. Mm-hmm. Like, they definitely showed this to me too young. Yeah. And I don't think you know kids of today. Like, you could watch this movie today, and you would probably laugh at the parts that made me cry with fear. But there was a very, maybe I overestimated it in 1984 or whatever, but there was a very palpable sense that I might actually die from a nuclear bomb. Mm. Well, yeah. And so when this movie, if I'm remembering this wrong, you tell me, but I'm pretty sure there's like a mushroom cloud extravaganza at the end of this movie. And I'm just like... God, it scarred me. It's there's, scarred me. A, there's a
1: mushroom cloud laying motherfucker. <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, I just, I mean, it, I, I'd be curious to watch it again today. Cause I'm well, this was sure, on
0: network TV, wasn't it?
2: I don't know. I yeah. mean, it wouldn't have played in my home if it was. Uh, I'm sure my mom wouldn't have. I'm, my mom probably called and yelled at the school for showing it to me. <laughs> um, But I think the school did it, you know. To, for our safety. Like, yeah. Because, you know, this is, I don't know. It was weird. Yeah, duck and cover. Duck and cover. <laughs> um, was that in the South Park movie or just an episode? Where it's no, like- that's in Iron Giant well no the the
0: duck and cover song is but the, well, the south park did a they
1: did a duck and cover which is you know it's based on a real thing like well yeah that's that's yeah. part of the, the yeah the and that's, it, was in, it was uh, in south park because it's uh the, it's an episode with the volcano right yeah, and, yeah. The, and and it shows the guy under the desk and the lava harmlessly goes over the desk
2: <laughs> did you guys ever do the tornado drills yeah. Oh, yeah. Where you go, file out into the hallway, mm-hmm. and you get down on your knees, and you put your head down between your knees, and you mm-hmm. put your arms over your head. Yeah. It's like the most useless thing well, ever. Well, yeah, <laughs> and,
1: and, and even as a kid, you're like, how does this prevent us yeah. from being like, blown away? Oh, well now t- we're <laughs> in a
2: wind tunnel. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. So duck and cover was pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Like, nobody who promoted duck and cover thought it was going to help. They were just trying to give you peace. It was like security theater. It was yeah. like the TSA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> duck and cover. <laughs> um, you're fried a nanosecond after the thing hits but that yeah. can cover anyway yeah <laughs> you might make it out okay
1: yeah May, yeah like give the, the there's a fraction of a possibility of it actually working <laughs> then you'll be
2: glad you did it
1: um the gunfight at the okay corral which i've never seen i know that's a wide Earp movie interesting um it's a uh, burt lancaster plays Wyatt Earp, and you have kurt Gu- douglas playing doc holiday that's it's,
2: pretty amazing is so i guess dodge city was in kansas right
0: Dodge City is, and that's where Wyatt Earp was from. Um, I know in Tombstone, they have the gunfight of the O.K. Corral right outside of Tombstone, Arizona. So I don't know exactly if this was shot there, or if it was yeah. placed there. It's. It, I remember loving this movie. Oh, yeah. If you throw any of those things on, like Rio Bravo I watched recently, um, I watched the original True Grit fairly recently, you throw any of these like old westerns on that are are well regarded, I'm kind of in my happy place yeah it's just it's just cozy to me it's nice yeah. to see i don't know if it's comforting because it's traditional gender roles men acting like men and stuff like that but there's always like some sort of precocious woman in there that's like basically fucking with the lawman, and and he ends up falling in love with her so mm-hmm. i don't know i'm down with it
2: yeah um in the best Wyatt Earth movie uh Earth, um it shows a, a more epic view of his life from like even in his youth oh yeah but it t- like shows like because he's not a lawman by trade, he's just in this town. Somebody, does, some drunk, does something dangerous, and he like hits him over the head and takes him out like that. Because Costner don't give a shit, or Wyatt Earp <laughs> don't give a shit, and so then the sheriff deputizes him on the spot. I need men like you. And then I think it's, he goes from there to Dodge City, and part of the movie takes mm-hmm. place in Dodge City. And he brings on one of his brothers as a deputy, and then I'm pretty sure there's a guy from Tombstone that shows up and says, "We need you. We need a lawman like you." I think the Wyatt Earp shootout at the O.K. Corral takes place in Tombstone in history, Okay, is what I'm saying. And
1: then mm-hmm. Kurt Russell shows up and he's like, and hell's coming with me!
0: Yeah! So you're talking about the much superior Wyatt Earp movie. Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. This is a heavy
1: Kevin Costner episode. <laughs> it really is, accidentally. Yeah. I guess um, Costner
2: must must like Kansas.
1: Yeah. Uh, then there's The Ice Harvest, which I don't remember. I, I think I, I did see this because it came out in 2005. I cannot remember a thing about it. I know John Cusack, Uh Billy Bob Thornton. Yep. And it's, it's one of these weird movies they dump in a Thanksgiving holiday or whatever. (laughs) And, and, you know, yeah, I saw it. I don't remember a goddamn thing about it. Really?
2: Yeah. Oh, it's silly. Do you remember this one? No. Like this is, I, I, I Feel like I've never heard of this movie before in my life. Oh, really? Yeah. And
1: Harold Ramis directed. It. Harold Ramis
0: directed it. Is it's, it comedy? Yeah, it's it's dark comedy. It's okay. like action comedy. Uh, it's pretty funny. I love Cusack, man. Like I I love the stuff that you know doesn't doesn't get a whole lot of um of play, like 1408 and Identity and The Ice Harvest and things like this. The Raven. The Raven <laughs> didn't like the Raven. <laughs> there's a limit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it was uh, it was fun. It's a lot of fun. There's like this. It's violent and it's profane and it's uh, Connie Nielsen. I think is in
3: this mm, too, mm. Uh,
0: and it's it's just silly and it's almost like a really heavily discounted version of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. So that's a, I, I would, that's a good way to sell it, though. Yeah, I mean, I would recommend it just because I think it's it's just madcap enough, and Harold Ramis probably had something to do with it um, that that it's enjoyable. But I've it's, seen it's the no, Ice Storm. <laughs> yeah, a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> Although both uh basically
1: revolve around ice being a culprit.
3: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um then there's a movie just plain old called Kansas. <laughs> ah. I never saw it. It's uh it's Matt Dillon and Andrew McCarthy. Yeah, Matt Dillon plays a hobo.
0: Yeah. Who convinces Andrew McCarthy to do uh some sort of like robbery or why something.
1: do i feel like that's half of matt Dillon's
2: like uh matt Dillon plays a hobo and, it, it,
1: and you know what it may only be the it may be the only one but i
2: think he's, it's he's seen, playing a, <laughs> he, i mean drugstore cowboy might as well be a hobo and yeah movie, so. yeah I, I think that fits
1: yeah did anybody here see kansas i haven't i, I haven't seen kansas. anybody
2: here seen it's got a 5.4 on the imdb it's
1: not it's a worthless they should have never done the work on that that should have never happened (laughs) um leap of faith i haven't seen this either Ah,
2: i have already gone off about this movie on the podcast so Mm -hmm. i won't i won't go at length great movie yeah i think i think you would enjoy it i really do Mm -hmm. um dabbles a little bit this is sort of what you get w- with steve martin taking on the idea of religion slash snake oil salesman mm-hmm. uh town that needs rain liam neeson is trying to safeguard the town i think he's like the sheriff or the mayor or some shit philip seymour hoffman is in this mm-hmm. um it's just great i love it uh and i think you would like it too is it lucas haas that's the kid in lucas this? haas is in yeah. this yeah and he's uh he's got some leg troubles oh yeah and starts to wants to believe that steve martin's traveling preacher can heal him and uh enough people suspect that steve martin is a sham they're worried about lucas haas's feelings and blah blah blah, blah and blah. then
1: lucas haas goes and plays super mario 3 in front of a whole bunch of people is yes that what happens?
2: yes and says et phone home et phone home <laughs> something
1: like that you, 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 the wizard yeah exactly
2: <laughs> doesn't Le- leap of faith has a little more
0: heft to it than a, a regular steve yeah Hitler it's uh, it, it has
1: some things to say
0: yeah. um
2: but uh, you know, it is a comedy first and foremost, and yeah, maybe maybe it's my own upbringing, uh, being a preacher's kid, having been to several revivals and tent revivals, and maybe that taps into something for me that makes me enjoy this movie more. I don't know. Did you ever
0: go to one with a faith healer?
2: No, no mm-hmm. that that thankfully was outside the realm of my family's theology. Oh, okay. Uh, I certainly saw some of that on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to a few services where they did that kind of stuff but not like a revival service and oh, yeah. like not like anything where we would never have gone if we knew that kind of thing was going to happen going in We we were not like a speaking in tongues kind of religion yeah,
0: yeah. i think i ended up somehow at a few maybe it was tent revivals with faith healers and i remember thinking like it was like a was it Fletch Two where he goes to it's Arlie Army that does the uh, the the faith healing, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember Fletch Two. I, I, I remember things about <laughs> it, but I don't I don't remember that. But yeah, I've seen uh, things like, you know, putting your hands on devil's
2: demons out and all that. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, that is that is the kind of person Steve Martin is playing, for mm-hmm. sure. But you see behind the scenes that they have they have people watching and listening as people are filing in mm-hmm. and they are basically using technology and information to to select who they're going to heal right mm-hmm. uh and it's just it's all about mind manipulation uh at least at first
0: and then you get a, a chance for him to showcase his crazy leap of faith style faith healer i'm out here steve yeah. martin type of thing mm, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah
1: it's fun yeah it's great now we're gonna run into two joseph gordon levitt movies and they're they crazy. have very similar like you know loo names They <laughs> so have the lookout which is a great movie yeah uh-huh. Uh, Scott Frank uh, wrote and directed that mm-hmm. movie, and Scott Frank uh, is best known for writing like Get Shorty, Out of Sight, uh, Minority Report, yep. stuff like that. And then he did this. This is his big, his best known directorial movie. He did The Walk Among the Tombstones as well. This but- is
2: also one of the only movies Joseph Gordon-Levitt has made without Ryan Johnson.
1: <laughs> it's true it's true yeah. <laughs> like he's got five movies and four are done by ryan Dunn. um but uh but yeah uh I, and I haven't seen this in forever but man do i i, I did love this movie yeah, yeah i saw great. it about
2: a year year and a half ago and it, and it's great he's basically I guess, would you call his character dim-witted? Yeah, something. He gets in an
0: accident at the beginning, uh, and that has, he has a traumatic brain. Injury.
2: Okay, and so he's like basically an overnight security guy at a mm-hmm. bank and gets manipulated by his quote-unquote friends who want to rob the bank. Going from from there, uh, I really loved it. Really mm-hmm. liked it a lot. So much so that I looked up afterwards, who made this movie? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So And yeah, I saw Scott Frank. I was not surprised.
0: You know what his character's name is in this movie? mm Chris Pratt.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I wonder if I'm sure somebody's told Chris Pratt that. I'm sure. <laughs> that's awesome. That's that's amazing. That's it, great. I love it when stuff like that
1: happens, though. Like there's a character in uh, the original Troll movie uh-huh. named Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, oh really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. And he's played by the guy who played a Treu in Neverending Story. Oh wow! Yeah, Harry oh, Potter.
2: That was a deep cut. <laughs> Harry
1: Potter. Harry Potter. Um, well and then yeah and then one of those five movies that ryan johnson and, and joseph gordon levitt did <laughs> is looper <Yeah. laughs>
0: yes uh and both movies had jeff daniels in them too yeah oh
1: that's, yeah that's
0: that is crazy curious mm-hmm. yeah weird right
2: um, uh looper's great yeah um you know i like me some high concept sci-fi mm-hmm. the idea of assassins who at the end of their career get sent back in time to be killed by themselves it's fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah, and aside from a little uncanny valley on Joseph Gordon-Levitt's face, um, I really love this movie. I was going
0: to ask about that. That that really disturbs me about this movie is Bruce, is Joseph Gordon-Levitt playing Bruce Willis? <laughs> oh yeah, and he's I mean, playing Pulp Fiction style Bruce Willis, like the stoic, like yeah, that it, it just
2: bugs me. He's great, and the movie's great, but it just bugs me. Yeah, no, I mean, I get it, I get it. Yeah. I could take it issue with some of the time travel stuff. I think yeah. in the sins video we did with the, especially the part where they're cutting off that guy's fingers and nose and yeah. whatnot yeah. while he's trying to run away. And I don't understand how any of that works. Uh, but uh, Paul Dano's in this. Dano. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Daniels is. I realized somewhere around the time I was watching that Steve Jobs movie he made, he may be one of the best actors we have, and I. He was just on a late night talk show the other night and Jim Carrey popped on and surprised him and did like (laughs) a a mini Dumb and Dumber reunion. But Jim Carrey did this whole thing where he was like, this is the most versatile actor working in Hollywood today. And if you Mm -hmm. think about it, he can do stuff like Dumb and Dumber. But he can do the extreme opposite end of that, like, newsroom, mm-hmm. where he's smarter than everyone. Well,
1: yeah, like, in uh, in 94, he was in Speed and Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> like, the, like, he's a smart cop in yeah. that, and then he's, yeah, he's in Dumb and Dumber. And in this movie, he's kind of
2: like an unhinged crime boss. He's hilarious. He's understand. hilarious. Yeah. He's just, uh, everybody brings something really cool to their role. The guy that plays the henchman, I don't remember his name even he's electric in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it's great. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I wish Ryan Johnson didn't hate me. <laughs> <laughs> but he was
0: cool. And then well what about this?
1: No, I'm cool. I'm cool.
0: But what that about was this?
1: that was that was odd. And 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 it and it shows the sort of the danger I guess of this uh the sins video aspect of us and everything is to do something of a person that you wildly respect and want to see all his movies and everything and then go and do this where you're just tearing it apart for you know funds for giggles and then that person comes out and says how much they hate you and there's nothing (laughs) worse than that um inspired twitter though he did that inspired about, your that's, twitter that's the twitter. reason why cinema has a twitter for sure
2: yeah well, i almost hate him for that <laughs> <laughs> yeah there are days there are definitely days
1: um then there's a uh, mad money uh that- now is this the
2: katie holmes one yes that mm-hmm. takes place in kansas hmm. kansas city This is a surprisingly watchable bad movie. Really? Yeah. I had never seen it. I'm shocked you've seen it. It came on, I don't know, it was probably six months ago, and I was like, well, I'd never seen this. Katie Holmes is pretty. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Diane Weist is pretty. Um, Mm -hmm. Diane Weist is in that, right? Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. There goes my joke. Queen Latifah's pretty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's basically just a, a harmless female janitorial Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, yeah. And... They work at this facility, and some of the money has to be disposed of because it's old and wrinkly and whatnot, and they devise a scheme to funnel some of that out and get rich. My favorite scene is when the husband of Diane Keaton's character finds out what they're doing, finds the money, and loses his shit. It's pretty awesome. (laughs) Anyway, uh, not a good movie. Uh, I didn't have a bad time watching it, and I don't really know why that is, but Diane Keaton's always fun, Mm -hmm. especially when it's not a serious role. Yeah. And Queen Latifah's always fun. Maybe that's it. I don't really know. I don't know why I watched it, but I did. I also watched that George Clooney one that has a money in the title oh, money that, Monster. that I thought was this when you said Mad Money. <laughs> yeah, Money Monster. Yeah, I've seen that movie, too. That movie sucked. Oh, God.
0: <laughs> oh, God.
1: I don't know how it sucked, but it sucked. It was oh. one of those that came out in early May It mm-hmm, yep. tried to avoid like probably whatever Marvel movie was... Well, uh, and it also has try this... To avoid.
2: It's like it, the, the ethos of that movie is like... We're so sick of the rich 1% mm-hmm. having all the money and screwing us over and the poor people, regular Joes can't afford anything. And I'm like, George Clooney's the guy that's going to shove this message down my yep. throat? Come on. Yep. Come on. <laughs> and Julia Roberts. Yeah. Get a, Get over yourself. <laughs> Let somebody who's poor make that movie, you dick.
1: <laughs> and here's a movie that I probably should have seen, but I haven't. Catherine Bigelow's Near Dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, It's a vampire movie. Yeah, it is and it's got
2: bill paxton in it. that's right wow when and the fuck did this come out 1987 oh that's why i don't know, I don't know. Okay.
1: um so yeah i haven't seen, have you seen this Mm-mm. yeah see this is another one jonathan needs to be in. i know he's seen <laughs> near dark no for a fact
2: vampire movie set in kansas huh Mm-hmm. yeah you got me intrigued
1: yeah i i actually want to see this just because Catherine bigelow was a part of it and this is one of her first movies I think. yeah yeah i mean she's got a pretty good batting average. she does she does yeah um uh rolling kansas i don't know what this movie is so this
0: was thomas hayden church uh he directed this oh yeah wow. and it's about like trying to get into the marijuana farms in kansas sweet um i hear those are huge god i I actually did see this movie and it's so i don't know if pedantic is the right word but it's just so stupid Mm -hmm. it's 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 trying to be subversive and it's trying to be like funny in a in a sideways type of way which is strange in like a, uh, a half baked mm-hmm. type of way, mm-hmm. but it's it's just not funny at all.
2: Mm. Mm. That's too bad.
1: Um, we were we were begged and pleaded not by someone from Kansas, yeah, not to bring up Wizard of Oz, but Mm -hmm. sorry,
2: (laughs) (laughs) it was an awesome email. Yeah, it was, and I'm sure people in Kansas are just as tired of hearing about Wizard of Oz as we are about hearing. Well, look, and it's
1: understandable that when every movie seems to do like some we're not in Kansas anymore thing, and I can't remember what movie recently Black Panther may have done it. I think. Oh, maybe. Yeah, Uh, where somebody said we're not in Kansas anymore, and it's like just uh – i mean you can go back to swingers where john favreau is like we're not in kansas anymore and, and, and there's and realize a super how, cut
2: on youtube of all the movies and tv shows that have done it oh really and it's
1: fucking long oh i bet it is yeah. but it is i know that's annoying and everything but it is a. Uh, it is aside from that line that gets overused i mean you have to talk about the legacy of kansas here with sure. wizard of oz and oz and great and powerful to a lesser extent mm-hmm. but um wizard of oz i mean that's just as I mean, that's as classic as it gets. It's a classic, simple story, really. I love this
0: movie. Yeah. I love this movie. I've watched it probably 30 times over the years. And I think I saw it fairly recently, too. And it's so good. Mm-hmm. When you
2: were when you're a little kid, like I wish I could have this is another movie I wish I could watch for the first time again. Yeah. Because when it goes from black and white to color, when you get to Oz, it's like magical. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. When you're when you're really little like I've seen it so many times now, I don't think it affects me the same way. Mm. Um, but God, I used to love this movie when I was a kid. It yeah. has everything. It's like stuff. It yeah, has everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Little people, <laughs> flying monkeys, <Yes. laughs>
0: Roman James, real <laughs> <core. Yes, laughs> Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's got the Munchkin, and it's got the journey, and it's got all the the ancillary characters coming together. It's got. How'd you like it if we picked your apples and yeah, uh, yeah the yeah. wicked witch and like. I don't know man and Judy Garland just is just this supernova of of like happiness mm-hmm. all the way through she's just She's fantastic. I love. Yeah, the,
2: contrary to what her life was probably like mm. off.
0: I wonder if she was if she was using uh, drugs
2: during this. Period. I don't know. I wasn't trying to imply well, that. I, I just was. Wasn't it almost? I don't. I don't know. See, we're
1: speculating, but I think it was something. Uh, it might have been some stuff due to this movie. Hmm. Like I think they either this movie or following movies they wanted her to lose weight and all this other oh, type yeah. of stuff, and it was like, you know and she she looked fine yeah you know but uh you know it's uh, i don't know what uh, happened there but We've also uh, got
0: one of the most iconic songs in the history of movies and mm-hmm. somewhere yeah. over the rainbow oh yeah and you can throw me <laughs> any version of somewhere over the rainbow and i'm probably going to get chills like the rufus wainwright version is fantastic the uh i don't know if it was jake shimabakuro the, the ukulele guy yeah did you uh,
2: actually just say his name
0: uh, he is a ukulele guy. I don't know if it's his version. I don't think it's his version that is so widely circulated. Well, there's
2: a guy, there's a Hawaiian guy, who mm. does a cross of um, What a Wonderful World <laughs> and Somewhere Over the Rainbow, and his name is like 70 syllables, right? <laughs> and they're all O's and I's, and I don't even want to try to pronounce it, but that's my favorite version. Oh, it's so great. Uh, and it, it gives me chills. Um
1: i mean mm-hmm. there, it, it, and and we send this and it was and it was fun because it's such a such an innocent movie yeah. and and you know just you, you go through it and like you make making fun of this movie is is in itself fun <laughs> yeah. because it's just so innocent it came back came out 80 years ago and uh you know so
0: it's it's really good um it's a uh, israel kamaka
1: you see mm-hmm. what i'm talking about <laughs> mm-hmm. so roman, K, roman, roman j. j israel, israel wasn't
0: <laughs>
1: i apologize for not being able to um, but it. uh, it's really good yeah um and then and you know there's a lot of uh, of course there's a lot of um uh, legends and rumors about this movie it aren't true they've been disproven and everything mm-hmm someone hang themselves during the filming you yeah, can see yeah. it in the background and and like there's been a lot of conspiracy stuff about it like well they they uh they've uh they've wiped it out of the uh the uh, the new versions or whatever you can't see it anymore it's <laughs> like e- no it didn't happen <laughs> sorry uh and there's more than enough proof that, that there's no way that that could have happened have and, you ever
2: done the dark side of the moon watch? i have i have, have too mm-hmm. yeah. what's your experience like
1: um it is uncanny in about five spots
2: mm-hmm. that's what i've heard
1: and then everything else is has nothing to do with it the heartbeat when they're going to look down uh, they're listening to 10 man's heart is uh pretty pretty cool um the the fact that it changes from black and white to color at the second side of the album mm-hmm. is pretty cool uh and there's like a couple other things in there but it's it really i mean it's it's yeah. now i i am pretty certain
0: that neither of us watched this while we were high right Uh, so that may have a difference that's true
1: (laughs) like if 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 we if i'd done it high maybe that's a different uh situation there are
0: 50 points of awesomeness (laughs) yeah it was i had gotten such an argument with my friends when we were doing this because we had a cd player Mm-hmm. And then we had the VHS player playing the Wizard of Oz. And they were like, start it when the lion roars. And they're like, no, not when the lion roars, when the MGM comes up. And like, no, you start when the credits roll. And yeah, yeah and it was, a- was the third lion roar, I
2: believe. And, yeah. If- yeah. And, and if you could go back to that moment, I bet you'd smack yourself in the face. <laughs> yeah,
1: would smack all of us in the face. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think there's also a thing when she's balancing on the, the fence and she's walking. And I can't remember exactly what in Dark Side of the Moon is going on. I remember
2: on. reading mm-hmm. there was a moment with glenda and the wicked witch the dead one or something where the lyric and oh us and them oh i thought it was yeah who knows which witch is which oh that that. that's right that's right that's what it is um again i just read that in an article i never actually took the time to do it i'm kind of i'm both impressed and disappointed in you guys that you both did that
0: what's the disappointment
2: I'm, I said I was impressed. That was the first <laughs> word that I
0: said. Uh, but no, that I mean, I was a teenager. and We didn't have the internet, so I didn't have anything. All else right, to there do. you go. That's fine.
1: <laughs> but yeah, that lyric is in "Us and Them," and yeah, that makes sense because it's because when it says "Who knows
2: which is which," it does cut back and forth between the two. Um, I would love for something like that to be true. Maybe maybe it is. We just haven't actually discovered it yet. Well, there's mm.
1: and who knows how? And there's like I think there's people have discovered "quote unquote" several others that you can do this with. Mm. With different albums and different movies, combinations.
2: I feel like it's a believable story that somewhere in the 70s, a band was high on drugs, watching a classic movie, and made a spontaneous album to go along with what they were watching i find that a believable story sure
0: no spontaneous album not not dark
2: side of the moon no no i'm not not this specific (laughs) instance no but just that that kind of thing could happen and then
1: you know and if pink floyd had had been like hey let's make an album that you play with wizard of oz it would play the entire movie i would think instead of stopping (laughs) halfway through it um and it would i think there would be way more uncanny things that would happen through it but uh, yeah who knows how did that ever get f- found out that's I great I, I i feel like somebody was listening to the album and was like this kind of reminds me of wizard of oz and then they started playing it yeah. and i'm like oh wait a minute and they kept backing it up backing. It. oh yeah you started the third lion roar and it's then- probably <laughs> one of
2: those one of those impossible things like you know that story you, you tell walking through the booth where You heard a sound from two different places at the exact same time. What's that story? was the psycho music. The psycho music. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It could have been been that. Somebody might have had Dark Side of the Moon on. Somebody else in the house was watching Wizard of Oz, and it lined up right to where they had one of those coincidental moments. Yeah. And then went, I'm going to investigate this further. (laughs) Mm
1: Mm-hmm um and, and then yeah Oz the Great and Powerful is the sort of the pseudo it's a prequel It's a prequel, right
0: is there any value to this movie I didn't watch it you guys Kunis yeah, is pretty
2: oh, okay yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, Michelle Williams is pretty now you can watch this movie start to finish and you will swear up and down Tim Burton made it and he didn't yeah it's Sam mm. Raimi oh yeah, but it, Raimi. it feels in every way like the, the kind of films Tim Burton has taken to churning out is it good i didn't enjoy it no didn't i, I it?
1: didn't like it I, I i thought it was a i mean it's hard to watch this movie because everything's so fake looking in it and everything mm. especially the little uh cgi Dull? character yeah. that's in there or whatever that the they interact with a whole bunch uh I, I do think it's kind of interesting to have this sort of like you know um you figure out the conflict before all the stuff in wizard of oz happens and everything but i just yeah it's just it's too too big and garish and um, and it's not a Sam Raimi movie. You, no. you, hmm. you expect something from a Sam Raimi movie, and it it doesn't. He doesn't have it.
2: Hmm. Imagine if he'd have just gone full Raimi. Yeah, and got, <laughs> gone gone dark. You never go full <laughs> Raimi. Um, I mean, because this is almost a kids movie, mm-hmm. the way that it's played, and in terms of like the content tone. But if he'd gone like evil dead yeah with like the origin story of how this guy became the wizard that could have been bad you know what
1: i mean, it's one of those things that movie made a lot of money i'm sure it did it's it, who are we to say if we <laughs> if if he had made it like that yeah it probably wouldn't have made that No, oh, you're right you know it's it, we're we're terrible terrible businessmen <laughs> <laughs> looking at the other <laughs> movies that were made in kansas american pop i've never seen that never, never heard of it birdman of alcatraz i've seen that I've i seen it's that. actually pretty
2: good how's that a kansas movie
0: I don't know. He's in prison, like in the prison Alcatraz. is in. It's not Alcatraz. It's it's a prison in. I thought that movie was about Alcatraz. No, he's in Leavenworth,
2: in Kansas. He's not in Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. Leavenworth is in Kansas. Mm-hmm. That's actually more surprising to me than the fact that he's not in Alcatraz in that movie. <laughs> Leavenworth is like that go to prison to shout out and for reference, right? But you, you know, you'll think military. of that as being someplace like Kansas. You think of that as being in Gary, Indiana. No, man, Detroit. you want
0: that in the middle of nowhere.
1: Even if you do escape, there's nowhere to go. <laughs> uh Bunker Hill, uh never never seen it. Uh City Heat, Dodge City, Elmer Gantry. Uh m- a-, a horror movie called Mother's Day. <laughs> yeah. Um The Muppets Wizard of Oz, have you seen this? Yes.
2: It's, okay. It was a TV movie. It's the one that's got Ashanti in it or Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Whoever. Yeah,
1: yeah. Is it
0: a good Muppets movie?
2: It's probably the least good one. Yeah. Um, they were in this phase. This was before Disney, I think, had bought them, or at least before they decided to throw any money at them. Mm. And so it's just kind of everything's a little bit half-assed, um, and it's it's almost like one of those epic movie date movie kind of spoofs mm-hmm. where they're just kind of trying to make a bunch of Wizard of Oz references, mm. like recreate moments with Waka Waka, and, and, and <laughs> you will laugh. I didn't enjoy it very much, mm. and I fucking love the Muppets. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, then there's another one called My Own Love Song. I've never never heard of that one. Uh Paper Moon, great movie. So that's mm. Ryan and Tatum o'neill right? Yeah, uh that's uh Peter Bogdanovich uh and they're they're basically I don't know if they call them grifters. I guess they're grifters. Hmm. Uh the the dad's a grifter and he or yeah, and then his his daughter starts learning how to do it. Hmm. There's a great scene in there though where she goes in and pays for something in a in a, like a convenience store of some sort. And uh she pays with a ten dollar bill, gets changed back for the ten, and then says and she goes He's like, you ripped me off. And there's like, and the the shopkeeper's like, no, I didn't, young lady. You had, gave me a $10 bill. And it's like, it's like, I gave you a 20 because my dad gave me that 20 and it has a message on it written straight to me or whatever. And a pa- earlier on, he paid with a $20 <laughs> bill that had that message on it and everything. And, and then she comes and goes through the drawer and like the dad, you know, Ryan O'Neill comes in and is like, it's like, is there something wrong here? And he's like, yeah, he, she took my money. And, and he's like, and it's like, she looks through the register and sees this $20 bill that has <laughs> The message on it and then uh and so like they so she gives a change back for the for the 20 now uh-huh. and then ryan o'neill does some sort of gymnastics where it's like why don't you give me this and then i'll give you that and then you blah, blah. and then like he ends up getting another like 40 dollars off of her or whatever He <laughs> you know, walks out and the shopkeeper's like sitting there counting the money and she's like that's not
2: right <laughs> <laughs> nice. you said grifters and it made me think of uh Matchstick Men. Oh yeah, Uh, and that made me think uh, of you talking about the weatherman. Oh yeah, yeah. and I I watched that between the last podcast and this one, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, Yeah, Uh, the funniest thing about it, there, and there is bow and arrow Mm because his daughter says she wants to learn archery. And then later on, finds he finds out she actually just wants to shoot animals with it. He oh, yeah. Says, that's not archery. That's bow hunting. Uh, but the funniest thing about the movie is like every six or seven minutes, somebody throws a drink at him. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just, like this running gag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's like resigned to that happening. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. man. Anyway, I just wanted to mention that. Uh,
1: but you know, I would, uh, I would definitely recommend Paper Moon. That movie's really, really good. Um, and, uh, I believe, yeah, Tatum O'Neill was at the time and may still be. I'm not sure the youngest actress to win an academy award oh really yeah and there was a lot of talk too that bogdanovich should have won it too because apparently he had to like go do a whole bunch of takes to get the mm. perfect uh whatever of course that's probably also bogdanovich saying that <laughs> yeah. himself um so i made that performance exactly um but uh that's yeah. my bogdanovich yeah yeah exactly it sounds, good sounds, sounds
2: good no one will ever know <laughs> yeah whether it is or not but it's good
1: uh then there's sarah plain and tall which i remember reading <laughs> um, i never saw the movie now Airplane wish. and Tall is a newberry Award winner. I <laughs> yes,
2: my mom was really into this Airplane and Tall stuff. They made several books, several movies. This was a thing, mm-hmm. and it don't get no more wholesome than that. This is basically like Little House on the Prairie extended <laughs> she, universe. She's <laughs> plain and tall. Yeah, <laughs> she's plain <laughs> and she's tall. Yeah. Um, I don't remember a thing. I just know I watched all any of the movies they made on this. I watched it. Really, mm. you watched the movies? Yeah, my mom read all the books and showed us all the movies. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize there were multiples. Oh yeah oh yeah
0: well like in, in the next one I mean, is she like is she short and voluptuous <laughs> Sarah barefoot and pregnant <laughs> <That's> right <laughs> Sarah naked in <and> a
1: fridge <laughs> I would read that one and then the cyborg years of course <laughs> Sarah um, took a dark turn yeah that's right yeah, yeah. Sarah terminated and <laughs> Sarah Connor playing a toy <laughs> that's right there you go there you go <laughs> uh and then finally there's splendor in the grass which i've never seen it's a warren Beatty, natalie wood movie I think. oh yeah man natalie wood in her heyday Ooh,
0: was one of the most beautiful women yes. i've ever seen in my entire that's life that's right um i went through a period uh, it was like bob and carol and ted and alice and um uh, i think i saw splendor in the grass too because this is about like a sexual awakening in the revolution and, and stuff like that mm-hmm. and uh yeah, I went back and watched a lot of Natalie Wood movies and didn't I, he I, kill her? So well, Robert Wagner is actually yeah. it's bring the charges are being brought back up yeah. about her going overboard and Christopher Walken was yeah. on the boat and everything. Jesus. So Yeah. Everyone's terrible. Yep. Everyone. Yeah. I'm not saying that Christopher Walken killed her. He <laughs> <laughs> might know something. <laughs> but he was on the boat. He was on the boat. Yeah. <clears throat> You're at the bow. I'm going to the stern.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, um Natalie Wood, my favorite Natalie Wood is uh west side story oh yeah now that movie is long as balls it is and not as watchable as i remember it from my youth songs are awesome but mm-hmm. she's just uh you i don't know how you can watch that movie and not fall in love with her yeah and, um as a that's that's the a
1: spooky thing in the imdb is like uh died november twenty ninth nineteen eighty one at age forty three drowning and other undetermined factors Mm -hmm. is what's on on the Mm -hmm. imdb um but uh yeah uh natalie wood probably an all-timer as far as like Mm -hmm. you know uh talented and gorgeous and yeah she
0: was good like she was super funny in her like later performances Mm -hmm. and everything and then you know more of like almost like an audrey hepburn type of character Mm -hmm. uh, early on yeah
1: i loved her all right well we can go on to kentucky now kentucky 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 that state north of us yeah. yeah i lived in kentucky for
0: about a total of five years or so yeah in louisville yeah and i loved it i mm-hmm. loved the, the city of louisville um it is unlike anything else I, i'd compare it to austin i've never been to portland but apparently it's it's a lot like portland too yeah it's got a very huge art scene and a big like food and music scene things like it's that It's a beautiful city it really is cool yeah
1: um the the first one on here coal miner's daughter great movie
2: uh, it is a great movie,
1: yeah, especially if you like the the old style country
0: of Loretta Lynn Patsy Klein, like all those those guys it's it's basically how she got her start and and she actually brought her husband along she, yeah,
1: she got married at like fifteen and had a bunch of kids by the time she was nineteen. Mm-hmm and then she had her career yeah there's a sissy spacek in a great role here and then tommy lee jones this is a this was a wake-up call for me because i thought tommy lee jones's career started in like the late 80s early 90s like (laughs) i was like like, well like though the first time i saw him was under siege and i was like i was like okay well he's he's new he has has," (laughs) jfk i guess was the first one i really saw him in but i first remember knowing what his name was from (laughs) under siege and then of course the fugitive comes along but like uh, but then like I was like, oh yeah, he hasn't. He definitely wasn't in anything before this. Coal miner's daughter. He's <laughs> yeah. definitely in something well before that. Uh, he was college roommates with Al Gore. Yeah. Uh,
0: Dreamer. What is that? Know what that, that is? is a horse movie with uh <laughs> yes. dakota fanning oh
1: inspired by the true story dreamer yes
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh is it jeff daniels that's in it, that, or is it uh, Dennis it's kurt by, russell. by kurt russell. the
2: recently declassified true story <laughs> yeah
1: it's kurt russell who's in it and i and it came out in 2005 so that means i saw it
2: <laughs>
1: yeah um it's unless like it's one of those movie, where I they're think. like 2005 and and it came out late but no it came out in october of 2005 so i saw this don't remember a goddamn thing about that's it
2: there's too many fucking horse movies there are yeah. there's horse even movies. a zebra horse movie yeah come on yeah well we're about to get to that there's probably a review <laughs> set in kentucky yeah they, they go damn. to the if kentucky
1: I can, open if i can find the review of dreamer i'm gonna have to read this out <laughs> if, I, if i if i saw it i reviewed it oh that's right <laughs> uh elizabeth town which is an, a movie that cameron crow looked like i mean this is uh, for me the beginning of the end of Yep. cameron crowe yep. like in maybe he hasn't reached his end but nothing has been good
2: even starting with this movie i no. agree. do I you agree. do you like this movie no i didn't um this is the one with orlando bloom and mm-hmm. kirsten, kirsten dunst, dunst. yeah, yeah. I, I didn't enjoy this movie no uh which is sad because it's like the first one he made that i didn't um yeah. and it's a, there's a unique kind of disappointment there it's just the same with brad bird and tomorrowland like mm. i have only with Brad Bird, I still have faith, and Cameron Crowe has gone on to make more Elizabeth Town movies. Yeah, <laughs> we bought a zoo is Elizabeth Town with animals. That's
1: true. We'll say Elizabeth Town has one of the most elegant, awesome posters I've ever seen too. Oh, and yeah? I think I've got it. I think I've got it here because it's just so cool looking. It's, I think it's just Orlando Bloom and Kirsten Dunst with like a wine or drinking a wine mm-hmm. or something like that, and it just. You know, and it looks cool, but the movie is not very good at all. Yeah. there's some good moments in here. So Elizabeth Town is is just a little bit south
0: of Louisville. So I drove through it enough, but I thought the performances were good enough that mm-hmm. uh, that it was engaging all the way through. But it's it's not a good movie.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and then yeah, fire down below. I, I think fire down below had a premiere here in nashville one of the oh, really? i think it did this is when i think seagal was trying to be a country music singer you remember, <laughs> I remember that I that, do. yes i do uh fire <laughs> down below had a had a premiere at like bell forge or something like that that's about, like i don't understand <laughs> this is
0: not the greatest location no for anything. no
1: it's not uh i i'll have to i don't know if that's uh, anywhere on the internet these days that i can figure that out but uh, yeah, fire down below. I don't. I think I saw this, but I don't. This is about the coal miners. So anything in
0: Kentucky is either about coal miners or horses. horses. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Uh, <laughs> And this sense. is one
0: of those Seagal movies about the same thing with On Deadly Ground, where he gets his like EPA hat on and like wants to save the environment. I think he's an EPA enforcer or something mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah. Uh, and uh he finds the conditions that they're working in and, and all the toxic sludge that they're producing and like stands up for the man and probably like kills a bunch of people. Probably
1: does. <laughs> um, Righteously. Righteously. <laughs> there are now this is something that i brought up in sims videos before but there are it seems like anyway but we only have three listed here but there there are a lot of like bond type movies that end up in kentucky for some reason yeah <laughs> goldfinger's one of them because it's fort knox right. and everything uh kingsman the secret service comes to kentucky because there's the uh, the whole woodsboro whatever what it's not woodsboro what's the Baptist Church, Westboro, Westboro, that they making fun of right. yeah, essentially Westboro. in this. Um, uh, so they go to Kentucky for that, and then in, uh, and then in the uh, the last one, the Golden Circle, mm-hmm. they come here because they come to Kentucky because there's a, an American version of them that's operating a whiskey place, yeah, whatever. Um, and they
0: drink whiskey all day long, but no one gets drunk. That's true. They oh, gotta
1: you develop a tolerance after a while. <laughs> it's God, like water. man, yeah. as
0: soon as they got to Jeff Bridges in that movie, I was I had
2: cameo fatigue. Mm-hmm.
0: I was like, you know, how many more people can you squeeze into
1: this movie?
2: I well, the won- first this movie so manic and full of cameos. I mean, it was bound to happen, right? They're gonna guess. dial everything up to eleven. Mm-hmm
1: yeah uh there are there are parts of golden circle that i that i like mm-hmm. but it's, it's it's it is it's way too much it's just way too much does it
2: end with butt sex like the first one uh
1: no although i think they there's an
2: there's, there's a, a mention direct
0: mention of if you save the world you know what you get yeah, what yeah, yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah. can i ask why that's a thing in these movies
0: uh the butt sex i don't know there's a lot of perverted stuff in there like he goes into like a music festival and meets a, a girl and she's he's like i gotta take a wee and she's like, "Oh, you can do that on me." I'm like, what
2: the "Yeah, fact, yeah, you- yeah." What's See, the- that kind of stuff makes sense in the horrible bosses movies when yeah. Jennifer Aniston's saying it. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense in a movie like Kingsman to mm. me. Now the having butt sex. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sodomy, to <laughs> <laughs> me.
1: Um, but uh, yeah, so so Kentucky gets into some uh, some spy intrigue every once in a while because of, well, I mean, it was for, you would think it's always Fort Knox, but it's just the one time. <laughs> you know, I really like Goldfinger.
0: Yeah. The more I, I, I come across that movie, the more I'm convinced it's the best Bond movie. It was one of the first ones, right? Mm-hmm. Is it, if not the it's first one. It's
1: like the second or third one. I think. It's so good. Because Dr. No is dr no the first one i think the first one but they they started off with like a casino royale that wasn't sean connery uh-huh. it's not canon hmm. uh i never saw the miniseries hatfields and mccoy's I heard it was good though yeah. Oh, yeah really
2: good paxton's in this right i think so yeah i watched this i want to say it wasn't very long there were only a handful of parts uh, four or five or yeah. something like that yeah yeah i remember thinking it was well done um cinematic for something that was done on tv Mm -hmm. and um, this came out before i had fully realized that all the really good shit was moving to tv um (laughs) this was one of those flags like oh hey all right yeah yeah it's good you know i don't really remember much about the hatfield mccoy's just that it's like the most famous family rivalry ever oh yeah
0: because everybody started well so it started off with just like one killing and one suspected killing because one of the McCoys or Hatfields I think it was the McCoys had somebody murdered and they blamed the Hatfields and I think it was later found out that there was no way that the Hatfields could have done this mm. uh, but just because they thought it was it escalated this feud so much to where it doesn't matter how it started it was well it was blown.
2: generations long yeah, right yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. crazy. I've never hate. I hate my neighbors. Twitter will testify to that. But I've never hated anybody enough to actually have a feud with them. Yes.
1: <laughs> I declare a feud.
2: <laughs> Slap them across the face with a glove.
1: Um, I uh, okay. So Hush is another movie. I know I've seen this. I think Gwyneth Paltrow and Jessica Lange are in it. But oh, this is
0: an. I, I don't know if it's a good movie, but it's a
1: pretty fun movie. I Isn't it like swear. if there's a baby
2: involved? Yeah. And it's Jonathan. Yeah,
0: that
2: guy. Is this a is this a hand that rocks the cradle type yeah, baby? Kind of. Yeah,
0: where Jessica Lange is almost trying to take over the baby because she's so connected with her son she Mm -hmm. wants to steal him away from it's kind of like
2: i got a little psycho mom and son vibe there yeah yeah okay i I watched it and didn't like it i
1: swear i saw this but you know i mean at this point i've probably seen 300 movies that i don't remember at this point yeah that's true um and and i and i know it came out during my first stint through uh movie theaters it was my first ever theater it came out uh but uh don't remember much about it. it's a good sunday afternoon movie Mm -hmm. uh one i haven't seen but you apparently want to see this again next of ken oh man patrick swayze i love next of ken so much yeah
2: i could just just based on your facial expression i'm pretty sure i would hate this movie (laughs) yeah Oh, you think? It sounds like one of those where you love it because it's terrible. No, no, no. Well... Like, uh, okay, I now, love Roadhouse. It's, it's,
0: been, it's been a minute <laughs> since I've seen it. So it might be terrible, but I loved it. Uh, it okay, so Patrick Swayze is in this, but also, uh, it was 1989, Liam Neeson uh, mm. is his brother adam baldwin a lesser baldwin but still uh he's one of the guys that that kills now, adam, a-
1: adam baldwin is not one of the baldwins
0: no this is the full metal jacket adam baldwin yeah You're right. that's a, he's not it's one not, of the regular baldwin it's it's adam baldwin that's not a baldwin brother yes. gotcha so he Who plays was on one angel of the bad guys. yes uh helen hunt is uh patrick swayze's girlfriend ben stiller is in this movie bill paxton is in this movie wow um uh there's one more ted levine is in this too uh It's where one of their—it's funny because Liam Neeson is trying to rekindle a blood feud. So uh, Patrick Swayze's brother gets killed by this evil gang— and i thought it was a comedy up until now no 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 Mm -hmm. liam neeson wants to go to war with that family and patrick swayze when he goes back to kentucky to to bury his his kid brother he says no we got to do this above board and then shenanigans ensue and Mm. it's 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 all shenanigans Mm -hmm. and shenanigans (laughs) it's awesome
1: um i remember it coming out it's one of those movies that i wasn't allowed to watch back in the day yeah 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 it Uh, was r-rated i think yeah
2: 89 i was 14 no Mm -hmm. way yeah (laughs) um racing stripes this yeah, was that. there's your zebra movie frankie uh,
1: muniz zebra zebra movie hayden penitiers in
0: this too oh yeah there's two penitiers in this movie her sister or her brother i think so
1: yes interesting uh, mm-hmm. i really hated this movie <laughs> um i remember there being a part in there now see now okay see they're they're putting a zebra in to race against horses yep. in this um and there, and the whole movie, the Frankie Muniz zebra is like, I ain't scared of shit. I'm gonna fucking run past these horses. It's gonna be fine. That's exactly my Frankie. Wait, view. is he voicing the
2: zebra? He yeah. is.
1: The zebra talks. Yes, oh, yeah, it's a, it's
0: a thing. Now I don't think Fuck the people. I don't think
1: the people know that he talks. It's
2: not. Is it? He mm- doesn't talk to the people. Okay, no, that's different. It's not.
1: It's not like a Mr. Ed type thing. It's it's more like he's talking amongst other wow, animals. Wow, I thought this
2: was like a kid friendly, you know, sea biscuit with the zebra
1: no no it's kid friendly but it's, it's kid there's, friendly, there's but a voice to it yeah. Yeah, Interesting. yeah it's kid friendly i'm just adding some fucks well, to I, make it sound I, like it's i hot. hate it even more now and i've never seen it um <laughs> but there's a scene in there that i'll never forget because he frankie muniz the the zebra has always been like i'm gonna i'm gonna beat these horses i know i can do it i'm i'm strong blah blah blah. and you know there's that thing that some horses have where they get into the 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 starting gate and they they don't know exactly what to do once the the gates open, or they get mm-hmm. scared, or something like that. They make his zebra character do that, hmm. where he's scared of the gate. And Dustin Hoffman's uh, voicing some sort of like I don't know bee or something. I don't hmm. know the fuck he what Dustin Hoffman is in this, but he comes over and he's like, yeah, everybody gets scared of the gate every once in a while, and all blah blah blah, and they're like you're not get. you didn't give any explanation as to why they're scared of the gate like yeah. they've they've got human emotions and qualities all the way through this i want to i want to race these horses and then you're scared of the fucking gate <laughs> i might be the only person that gets upset about that but that pisses me off whenever they do this whole thing like like yeah man i'm a zebra i'm gonna race against horses i'm scared of the fucking gate <laughs> and then dustin hoffman goes oh yeah everybody gets afraid of the gate Every once in yeah, a while. Aren't blah, you glad blah, blah, blah. you're not a golem? Yeah, aren't you glad you're not a golem? <laughs> well, if you're trying to drive
2: me away from this movie, you're succeeding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Return of the Living Dead. Uh, this was not Romero. No,
0: this was uh, like a parody uh, or like a comedy, like a horror comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I remember of it, I don't think I've seen it, but it's got an amazing punk soundtrack
2: oh yeah i respect that you give props to movies that have killer soundtracks
0: oh yeah this was like legendary it had the cramps it a 45 grave uh the flesh eaters uh the damned <clears throat> the tall boys uh ssq straw dogs yeah this was you
2: awesome you, uh, you didn't name a single band i've ever heard of
1: you've heard a damned song i'm sure and you've heard a cramp song i'm sure interestingly enough this came out the same year as day of the dead yeah and uh the guy who directed this is dan o'bannon who's like uh was a big part of the alien franchise oh yeah um but i had never saw i never saw this yeah i never saw it either and i'm sure there's there's people you guys see return of the living dead too it's a great companion piece today <laughs> um then there's secretariat mm. Yeah, you know, we're talking to horses again yeah is that well. toby Maguire that was in there no,
0: no, that's that's Seabiscuits. Seabiscuits. <laughs>
2: Um, but it sort of illustrates the problem. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a beat left in a movie like this that we can't see coming? You know what would be an
0: interesting... I don't even know—I want to go down that road. There was there was a, a horse named Zendaya a few years ago in 2010, I think. The horse that...
2: Uh, was she in the Spider-Man Homecoming? Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> Not Zendaya, Zendaya. <laughs> uh,
2: she was
0: a, a filly that was unbeaten. The entire time that she was that she was racing and she came to the Breeders' Cup and I think it was 2010, came to the Breeders' Cup in Louisville in Churchill Downs and it was electric. She was going to run and she was going to win and she was going to stop her career being undefeated. It's almost similar to Secretariat. And somehow I got tickets to the, the finish line. At this race. I was right up against, my wife was with me, our, our Japanese, we had a bunch of Japanese people with us, and we were right on the finish line, and she came within a nose of winning. She oh, lost. wow. It. And I think that would make an interesting story.
2: Well, that's the only wrinkle left. Yeah. Although I'm pretty sure I saw a horse movie when I was a kid, where the where the horse dies in the end. That's basically the same thing. <laughs> I guess so. She didn't die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <That's bad.
1: laughs> but uh, yeah, like Secretary, it came out. It came out in 2010. It's got a 7.2 on the IMDb, which means it's I guess it's decent. Hmm. But uh, but this came out like on the tail end of a lot of other like horse movies and everything. let Biscuit had already made its money and. And you know who knows racing str- racing stripes didn't make it. Any- Warhorse, Warhorse. Yeah. Warhorse. I think this came Warhorse War came out after that. Uh, but um, but yeah, um, I remember it coming out and I was like, God, this is just it seems too soon to come out with a Secretariat movie, even though the Sea Biscuit movie had come out like years before. Yeah. It still seems too soon. <laughs>
2: What's funny to me is that growing up, um, you know, I knew enough to know about the Triple Crown and um, the Kentucky Derby and if there was a horse that was going to challenge for the triple crown, I was paying attention enough as a kid to know whether he won or not. Uh, I actually remember there was a horse that was a triple crown contender when I was a kid. So this would have been the late eighties called Sunday silence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I remember during a brief period where my brother and I were forced to share a bed because I think there was construction going on in my bedroom or something. (laughs) (laughs) farted under the bed, under the sheets, but I hadn't heard it. And we had been playing this game where we were farting loudly, trying to annoy each other with smelly farts. And he farted. And he goes, that one I call Sunday silence. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my God. God. We had happened to be a Sunday when, when this happened. Oh, <laughs> wow. He was, he was punny beyond his years, I tell you. <laughs> uh, sorry for that little detour. But uh, I remember knowing Secretariat was probably the most famous racehorse mm-hmm. ever. And so when Seabiscuit, the movie, came out, I was like, why are they making Seabiscuit? i never heard of this horse till this movie came out, but I've heard of Secretariat. Yeah. They just waited too long to make a Secretariat movie. I Somebody know. held the rights. Secretariat's great grand horse. Yeah. Something. <laughs> That's right. The estate <laughs> of Secretariat. <They> refused refused <laughs> to sell the horse rights, the movie rights.
1: Um, <clears throat> and then there's Stripes, apparently. Yeah. Is it, uh, now, is it based in Kentucky? Or is so
0: it- uh, I always thought that when they opened the movie and Bill Murray's a cab driver and everything, that he is in New York. Apparently they filmed it in Louisville, mm. and I believe it's actually set in Louisville. So the, all that stuff with him and Harold Ramis, where they're just losers, he's got that gorgeous girlfriend, mm-hmm. but he loses her, uh, loses his job, all that stuff, apparently is all in Louisville because he goes out on the bridge and stops his cab and throws his, his keys into the Ohio mm-hmm. River, uh, which is crazy because- that that's really cool i, I love the louisville downtown mm-hmm. and i love that movie yeah son of bitch shit <laughs> um oh god <laughs> there's so many great things in the movie they wanted somebody else to play uh harold Ramis's character but mm-hmm. uh bill murray wouldn't do it unless harold ramus was in it with mm-hmm. him. and uh yeah it, it's it's awesome it's yeah. all you should totally watch this movie yeah
1: uh and then there's trumbo which i guess the there's a, a prison yeah when he goes to prison it's in kentucky okay yeah trumbo is a is a is a decent movie it's not great is this the cranston one yeah cranston plays trumbo uh the uh the yeah it's the guy who basically gets blacklisted through all the um you know the mccarthyism mccarthyism and everything and then uh There's, like, this whole hunt for, you know, communist sympathizers and stuff like that, which I think he is. I think he's... Yeah, he's a member of the Communist Party. He's, like, actually uh, openly in Mm -hmm. the... He's not... He wasn't wrongfully accused of it, but it's still... it, It was a time in our country where yeah if you were communist you were you were the enemy mm-hmm. and so like yeah, he wrote a whole bunch of like uh academy award nominated stuff Spartacus was one of them mm-hmm. um Roman holiday right Roman holiday yeah. yeah and he he won i believe for either one or both of those, mm. and uh he had to have somebody else come up he had to have a a ghost written name for it, so like that person would go up and and accept the award as that person when everybody kind of like knew that it was yeah. yeah
2: interesting um remember when elaine dated a communist yeah (laughs) on seinfeld (laughs) you got me blacklisted at (laughs) hop Yeah.
0: i have got some interesting literature
2: (laughs) i love love the bit the side bit of kramer discovering this discarded (laughs) communist newsletter and getting all intrigued with the with the philosophy (laughs) of it um
1: other ones on here are boy meets girl i don't know what that one is Mm. fresh horses which i think is ben stiller is in that oh yeah i think he is um Fresh horses,
2: as opposed to stale ones. Yeah, right. You don't want stale horses. No. You want fresh.
1: Fresh horses has Molly Ringwald, Andrew Andrew McCarthy, Ben Stiller. Oh. Good call. Um, Molly Hagan's in it, and Vigo.
2: Oh, um, yes, Vigo. it's Vigo. I know Vigo. I saw Fresh Horses. <laughs> yeah, I know I did. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember a damn thing.
1: Then there's Harlan County, USA, which is a really good documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember the. Uh, is it what's her name that did this? She's a a really well known except for right now when <laughs> um barbara copple who, who did that and oh uh, ted's mom yeah exactly ted's and mom. uh but no this is a this is about a a, a minor strike and huh. it's really really good um could uh, they be the miners? yes <laughs> I would recommend this, though. In Country, which is that... Uh, what is... Oh, God, I've seen that. Yeah. Oh, who was in that? It's Emily Lloyd, Bruce Willis, Joan Allen. Young girl whose father died in the Vietnam War becomes determined to find out more about him and his experience. Never so, saw it. Uh, so, yeah. There's Kansas and Kentucky. Yeah. 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 Thank God we're done. <laughs>
2: yeah. I'm just kidding. I like to... I, for some reason, I like pretending like I hate Kentucky when I really have no basis for it.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Next week is going to be Louisiana and Maine, which... Very yeah for sure I'm i've been to
2: maine oh i've never been to louisiana oh you never been to louisiana never been to louisiana wow. i've never been to maine well all right so then we'll fun. trade stories yeah right, it'll be fun y'all i've been to
1: louisiana but i've not been to maine yeah. yeah i would love to go to maine i was very close to maine once but not inside the
2: state. i was driving <laughs> in north of maine headed to canada and um smacked on my windshield Uh, a moth the size of a hummingbird really (laughs) i swear to god they got the biggest goddamn moths up there in north maine i've never seen anything like it (laughs) it was terrifying that's insane there were bugs everywhere because this is basically i mean maine has civilization but way northern tip maine you're about to cross the border there's nothing up there like we were cautioned by the gas station guy to make sure we had enough gas because there wouldn't be any gas stations and to keep an eye out for moose on the road.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: were you going to a cabin in the woods? <laughs> you know, yes. We were going to Prince Edward Island
2: <laughs> um, in Canada, but we decided to drive from Boston for some goddamn reason. We'll never do that again. Yeah.
1: All right. So we have been very deficient in answering questions in the past few weeks. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's because you know we get so so wrapped up in all the other stuff and everything. <laughs> we're gonna ask. We're gonna do some. We're gonna do a lot of questions on this one. That's We've right. Got, Keep we got, them what, coming, people. We got what about thirty minutes to do questions? Sure, baby. Question. Question. I got something to say. I want the truth. I am listening.
0: Rip them off. Let's man. do some questions, baby. Rip it. Okay. Uh. What is your favorite movie led by your least favorite actor or actress? Mm. Now I like this. Of course, we we don't know these people, but we have personal preferences of who we like and who we dislike. And what do you think?
2: Yeah. So I, I wrote in my response. I decided to answer this question literally um, because the way it's phrased, they could just be asking, you know, in general actors you're not a big fan of, but. It's still your favorite movie. For instance, Annie McDowell in Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. I don't really like her very much. I don't really hate her. I've never mm-hmm. like gone out of my way to avoid her movies, but I've never really liked her work very much. But she's in a bunch of movies I love. But that's not how I answer this question. I went literally All like right. actors like Kathy Griffin <clears throat> drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Kathy. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem like you're a lovely person, but you may be. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't even watch the episodes of Seinfeld that she's on. Oh, it, it is. Yeah. Crazy. She's really is annoying, and she drives me crazy constantly, and what she plays on Seinfeld is an exaggerated version of how I've always seen her. Yeah. Like, really, like, annoying is is the comedy, right? You know how, like, there are shows, there's, like, that awkward comedy, Mm -hmm. like The Office and whatnot, and cringe comedy, and it's hard for some people to watch. Her her shtick was annoying comedy. It's like Mm -hmm. Carrot Top. Like, I can't take it. Anyway, she happens to have been in Muppets from Space, which is a movie that I like a lot. Uh-huh. Ah, there you go. That's how I approach this question. Let's start with actors and actresses. And I wanted to be fair, so I found a man, too. I didn't want to just be sexist. Uh, Dane DeHaan. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Who has yet to really impress me in anything. And I was going to say Chronicle until I looked on IMDb and found out he has like a tiny role in Lincoln, which, yeah. is, which is a much better movie. So I'm going to go with Lincoln and Dane DeHaan. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You know, Kathy Griffin was in Four Rooms, too. Very brief, Well,
1: she or. was in Pulp Fiction she was oh. she's uh,
0: the one that uh that helps the person that got shot
1: yeah right? she's like usually like oh that guy was a maniac he, he, he's she's helping ving rames
2: yeah oh that's yeah. right yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. You know, like you know, you know oh, first they're she, friends tarantino and her are friends yeah i think
1: so like uh back in the day tarantino had some weird like you would never expect them to be friends like julia sweeney right. and all yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. you know it was like it wasn't it just didn't seem congruent at all but <laughs> you know whatever um when you talk about actors i detest and again like like you're saying we don't know how these people are right. as as people it could be the kindest most warm hearted and it and it feels it'll it'll tear me in, uh, apart if i find out that these people are <laughs> are great and everything but yeah as far as your acting you piss me off um <laughs> And uh, two, two actors that do this are are definitely from the late 90s. Josh Hartnett and Ryan Phillippe.
2: Ah, oh. uh,
1: Do not like Josh Hartnett at all. Do not like Ryan Phillippe. Is there a way that you can explain why? they? Uh, it, it could be characters that they play. Uh-huh. But, like... Uh, i think i think my my hatred of hartnett is is justified i don't i think so you hate
2: philippe because he came on the scene and like a day later he was married to reese witherspoon yeah i mean and that's yeah. just true. not fair yeah and now they have
1: a daughter that's like 19 years old she's <laughs> like a
2: mini reese have yeah you ever seen her? she looks exactly like that it. old yeah oh because yeah. cruel, cruel intentions yeah, was so. 98 yeah. yeah that's true
1: that's nuts um but uh yeah it could be characters they played they always played like shitty like you know horrible Characters mm. and Felipe for sure yeah. did, and and Hartnett like he I don't know he he played. I, every time I see them though, it just it's like it just every time it just
2: <laughs> rage. I don't know why. No, uh, I, I get you with Felipe because, and I, I haven't seen his recent stuff. Isn't he in that TV show version of Shooter? Mark Wahlberg movie? Isn't Philippe the star? He's in a
0: television show. It, it, it's probably He that, may be yeah. great now, mm-hmm. but his
2: early work, when he was being the next it boy, he's not good. No. He's not a very good You go good back after. and
0: watch Cruel Intentions, which I loved at the time. Mm-hmm. Does,
2: he does not hold no, up. No, the at tantrums all. he throws with Sarah Michelle Geller. <laughs> yeah, she's a, fine, but she's fine. She's, she's, she's actually great. That's like a yeah. perfect kind of role for her. Yeah. Um, everybody's great. Selma Blair's great in this yeah. movie. Yeah. He's the sore thumb that sticks out. Yeah. Um, and Hartnett, I always thought was a decent actor, but i I get what you're saying, and he was sort of shoved at us as a Dreamboat, and he's not very pretty. Uh, I think he's
1: pretty. I don't know. I think he's fine. I, I think he's fine. Good. Look- he's a good looking dude, but like, it could be movies that he's in. It could be. I mean, it, it just every movie he's in, it seems like, is mm-hmm. horrible. But. Um, Okay, but I found two out of here. Now, first Philippe was in Gosford Park, which I think you're still on the fence about. I
0: am. I need to watch it again. Uh,
1: I I didn't like Gosford Park when I first watched it. Now I've 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 come around on it and everything. But he plays a perfect uh character and he's an American yeah. actor or yeah. whatever. Um, and uh and so he I, I like him in that. And then uh, Josh Hartnett is in Lucky Number 11, which yeah. is a, oh, yeah. another in, you know, fun movie to watch and everything and I really liked it. So, like I said, it could be just a situation where it's their characters that they're always playing. Like, and, and, and even in, I guess, Sin City, which is a movie that would be an interesting one to talk about. Cause I think Josh Hartnett's uh, scenes in Sin City might be the best part of that movie. Oh, um, you may have a point. Be, yeah. And, but that movie is terrible. I yeah. don't like it. So, so it's a different kind of a question there, but um, so that's a case where I don't like the actor but he does a I, I like the part he's in in you don't a terrible like the, movie. <laughs> sure, you don't like the movie, but you like the part. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um mine is cheating a little bit because it's most well known as a TV show. But so Entourage, mm-hmm. okay? For very different reasons. I don't like the two main leads. Um Adrian Grenier, mm-hmm. uh grenier, grenier or grenier or
1: I Grenier. Mean- i've heard grenier i've heard grenier i've heard i mean we sat behind him on the airplane we we don't know Yeah, exactly (laughs) i'll call him and grenier um so
0: he doesn't look like he can act his way out of a paper bag
1: he's not been in very many other
0: things yeah entourage and it's funny because he's playing this accomplished actor you know Mm -hmm. that was in this queen's boulevard and trying to do yeah and it's uh, one of
1: those uh traps that i think a lot of movies and tv shows get into where they they'll tell you this guy is great but the guy playing the great actor is not great (laughs) i know and so like it's impossible to like really really uh, translate when when you watch it
0: yeah and he's fine and he seems like a great person no he 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 goes out to he did a documentary about like saving the whales or the dolphins or something like that right sounds about right um he did this this documentary where he's trying to reconnect with his father like seems like a good dude overall Mm -hmm. but he's not a very good actor Especially an entourage, and then Jeremy Piven, who is amazing in entourage. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it, his role defining character is Ari Gold. Seems like maybe questionable character, you know. And I don't want to put too much stock into the fact that he quit a play because he got mercury poisoning from eating too much sushi. <laughs> But I kinda wanna put a lot of
2: stock in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what and about he, the story where he tipped a waitress with a DVD box set of Entourage? <laughs> which I don't believe, but I wanna believe. I know.
0: There's just there's just a lot of stories out there about Jeremy Piven, mm-hmm. and in interviews. Just uh, not not this guy, this is not my type of guy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh but he's amazing in this. Yeah. He's saying and, your uh, team
2: John Cusack. I am team John Cusack, yes. Whatever the falling out they had was, it had to be Pivens' fault.
0: (laughs) Yeah, probably so. And I'm I'm sure John Cusack has some skeletons in his closet. But, uh, yeah, I loved that show. We were talking about it uh, the other day. You know, the first three seasons of that show were just so much fun. Mm -hmm. It was great to watch. And, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of substance to it, but it was a lot of fun. And I, it, despite the fact that I did not like the two well,
1: things. Well, Entourage sort of is the, I think you were, Jeremy was bringing this up. Entourage is sort of the prelude to what we see in Silicon Valley. Because mm-hmm. it's the same type of deal where they always think they're about to get something. And then something else happens. <laughs> yep. You know, that, that sort of like they end the episode with that. Like, yep. what are they going to do? Yeah. And then the next episode they solve that problem. But then there's another problem. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh it's amazing that uh Vinny Chase even gets into any movies during that whole yeah, I know, man. You remember that
0: whole arc where uh he and Billy were trying to make this movie and uh he was like, I'm only you gotta do the blow job, Vince <laughs> and Vince he, like he actually had to do a blow job and I guess he was standing in for like a Vincent Gallo type of type of yeah, guy. Something like that. And he was like and he went to Billy and he was like, Billy, I'm gonna do the blow job. And Billy's like, ah, oh, man, I was just fucking with you <laughs>
2: Yeah, <laughs> I love Billy, though. Yeah. He may ultimately be my favorite character in the whole show. Oh, yeah. Want another one? Go um, for him. Yeah. Yeah, we're going yeah, right. to go. I actually <laughs> forgot what we were doing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. What is a good instance of expositional dialogue, uh, which we sin a lot in our videos? Mm-hmm. And what is a bad instance of expositional dialogue? And how is it so?
1: My, one of my favorites that always comes up with expositional dialogue is the Jeffrey Jones scene in hunt for Red October, Oh, though, where he's talking about what this silent propulsion system can do with, you know, in a, and he's like this could park a couple of warheads uh, along the east coast of the united states and no no one would know anything until it was all over and everything uh it's a great scene because it tells you the capabilities of the sub and it also puts doubt in alec baldwin's mind or jack ryan's mind that that uh when he thinks that ramius is going to defect yeah. he's got to think about all this stuff that's happening with this the sub what it was made for mm. he better be right you mm. know it's it what's so great about that movie um but it, it, that scene is done so so intense Mm -hmm. like when and and he's very matter of fact about it it's not like you know it could blow up the entire eastern seaboard and blah blah blah. he's like this could you know and he's just talking about he's relating it to the cuban missile crisis and all this other stuff just a really well done scene like Mm -hmm. it's there's nothing in there i think that you could have where ramius is like let me tell you about the capabilities of the spaceship you know? <laughs> <laughs> spaceship this summary <laughs> now i want to see ramius in space yeah, i do too <laughs> he plays captain kirk's dad or some crap <laughs>
2: Oh, no. uh, that's a good choice, man. Uh, I almost went with Hunt for Red October, actually, because there's that scene. I actually had it written down, and then you sent your answers in before me, and mm. I had to change to something else because I didn't want to do the same movie, and now I'm doing it anyway. Um, that scene where Ryan gives the debrief to the national security advisor and all the staff, where mm. right before they walk in, he's like, Who's giving the briefing? And James Earl Jones is like, You are. <laughs> like, I did Sean Connery doing James Earl Jones. That's right. That's right. Um, and so then he goes in, and it's just the way that that scene is played, he's he's kind of still learning some of this information, even though he's the one delivering it. And mm-hmm. because of the, they set the scene up that way, I think you're more drawn into his experience of being awkward and the first time in this powerful room with all these people. But he ends up giving you all this really useful information for mm-hmm. what the rest of the movie is going to be about. Yeah. Uh, I ended up picking Shawshank. It's probably a little too easy to pick. We praised Shawshank as a good example of narration. Um because he you know, Morgan Freeman's character is the storyteller. He's the one sitting around the campfire telling you this story about Andy Dufresne. But a lot of that narration is expositional. We learn a lot about what's going on in Andy's life and hmm. the prison in general through those Thirty second, sixty second little vignettes as we, you know, the scene changes because he'll say like years went by, and pretty soon, sometimes the sisters got him, sometimes they didn't. He gives gives you lots of pertinent information within that expositional narration. Um, It's it's like reading the book. Yeah, it's not like an information dump. Yeah, Yeah. it really is like a visual book. Um, And uh, so that was the one I chose. I wrote something
0: else down, but I just thought about uh, a different answer because I really love the scene when Jack Torrance goes to interview at the at the overlook mm-hmm. and he's interviewing with uh with mr ullman uh the the hotel manager mm-hmm. and he has to sit down and you can tell he's got a little bit of trepidation but he's got to tell him about the previous family and the previous ter- caretaker and he does it casually at first and then you know it's like and then uh he slaughtered his family <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and you can tell with with jack torrent he's just locked in he's he's fascinated by it. Yeah. he's not repulsed he's like well you know you won't have to worry about anything like that with me <laughs> yeah. and uh i just love that scene because it's so quiet there's no outside noise there's no score there's nothing uh it's just literally those three people sitting down setting the mood setting the space and having a conversation and i just love the way it's staged and yeah. it, it gives you all the information that you need to know at the point um about the hotel and like mm-hmm. it's history doesn't go into whole all the uh, actually it, I think it, on their walk and talk, they talk about the Native American Bay, Bay yeah. and stuff like that.
1: But it gives you all that you need to know right at that point. You know what? Now, because of that Room 237 movie, uh, I'm always going to look at that scene and think about the guy who says, or it might be a couple of them that talk about how the office that they're in is like impossible. Yeah, as a, you know, when you look at the the structure of the building, because everybody's everybody who's really obsessed with this movie has studied this building. Yeah, and like it shouldn't be where because there's, the there. there's a window. Because there's a yeah. window and there's a window in the back, and like where would there be a window yeah. in this spot that they've got they've walked to and all of those? Like, I love that I part can't, of the movie. Yeah, exactly. They're like
0: building up walls and then they're doing this and they're like, no, this can't. Be and here. they're not
1: they're not saying it as a flaw in the movie. They're yeah. saying it as this is something that let to you know get you uh queasy or weird mm-hmm. or whatever like, yeah they use, think it
2: was intentional yeah they think
1: it's intentional uh, uh what is the worst instance of exposition of um dialogue? now i i'm gonna i'm gonna blanket one because i i generally i mean this isn't like a this isn't one of those like oh that's so bad or whatever and there's plenty of those for sure mm-hmm. but i all but i hate in any movie and i'm gonna bring up game of thrones as as an example here when someone brings up their familial relationship with the other person in the in the dialogue uh, when mm-hmm. they're like oh no sweet sister <laughs> oh no my brother oh no father <laughs> nobody talks like this and i know that there's you sometimes you have little amount of time and you you can't really that that whole arc in Game of Thrones, you would have known that they were brother and sister easily, even though he's creepy and everything. Are you talking uh, about the Daenerys? Brother? Daenerys, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't bring that up. The Daenerys and because uh, there's a lot of weird brother yeah, that's and sister right, shit going. That's on. right. The uh, the Daenerys and uh what's his what's the brother's name? Uh, Viserys is, is his name. Viserys. But uh, but yeah, that he he comes in immediately like, oh no, sweet sister, blah blah blah. <laughs> I hate all that. Yeah. I hate it every time. it, it sounds so unnatural. And I know that there are times where you have to, like, you know, you have to insert something in so that you'll know that's an arc that I feel like didn't ever need that. I think he says that all the way through as a consistent thing what like sweet sister Sweet sister. <laughs> uh but uh it happens in a lot of movies and stuff where just they say though like no no father or
0: no no you know or if it's a, as a reveal too like brother yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: exactly <laughs> so yeah i could come up with a few like like just oh that's horror bad you know exposition or whatever but those are the ones that drive me the most
2: mm-hmm. nuts it's good stuff i misread the question ah. That's why I was daydreaming, trying to come up with an answer, because I wrote down an exposition that was text-based, not dialogue. Oh, well. Uh, because that opening of Blade Runner 2049 is well, it's almost like a it middle just finger. Almost any text-based thing. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like those, like First off, I don't know if people realize this. Maybe it's because they think you're going to watch this movie over and over again or something, but anything that you write text-based at the beginning of the movie, I'm going to forget in the first five minutes. Oh, yeah because oh, yeah. you don't have the context for it yeah and i don't understand why they i know that you're trying to set up a thing here <laughs> but like even when they're like you know uh it was 1385 these uh these two countries are warring you know <laughs> this person is the queen and yeah. you're know, whatever you're like oh king I, arthur
2: does that the king arthur movie does that oh yeah. i just i can't i can't deal Really You're talking dry-
0: about Blade Runner 2049, Specifically, right? yes.
2: yes. In general, I think we all agree this is a bad tactic to set up your movie. Uh, if, if I have to read text on a screen before I can actually enjoy what you filmed, you didn't film enough. Yeah. Really? And it just keeps, there's one block but, that comes up. I count which them. It 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 is did like the, seven or eight. <laughs> yeah.
0: Because yeah. in the original movie, there's, there's like maybe three or four lines that come up. And I understand that. But then, like, it just, it stays, and it adds one more. It
1: adds one more. (laughs) Like, God, and at the very bottom, it's like, Blade Runner. In red. (laughs) Doesn't Tropic Thunder sort of do this, too, where they're, like, talking about all the people who wrote books out of their, like, in Tropic Thunder, they have the whole thing where it's like, this many people went to this battle, and this many people wrote books about it. uh, And only two of the three were bestsellers, or whatever, and something like that.
0: I actually like Jeremy's answer. I My pick was actually for the exact same movie because there's that point, and it's a beautiful movie, it's well done, but there's this dump where they're walking through the data halls with this guy, this bald dude that looks like Caliban from Logan, um, that's, that's informing Kay about what happened during the blackout. And it's like he says that it, it was before his time, but it doesn't mean that he doesn't know anything about the blackout. Right. He knows everything. He's a replicant. He's got mm-hmm. all this store of information in his brain. He doesn't need to have this this exposition. It's purely for us, and it, it stands out you know, very
1: and plus, like, noticeably. It, and plus, I think what makes it bad worse than that, it, and, and I think that you do have to have these type of scenes a lot of times, but I think we all know what the blackout means. Yeah. Like, it's not like we need to have a whole bunch of like, <laughs> oh, this is what happened during the blackout. We, the blackout is pretty <laughs> <Yeah>. self-explanatory. <laughs> yeah.
2: I really want to, I don't know why, I don't think this is necessary. I, I tend to want to stop tipping our hand in these podcasts as to what Sins videos are coming up. Mm-hmm. But I really I really decided just now I want to talk about Thor Ragnarok. Oh, they okay. have, there's an entire, I wrote a sin about this. There's an entire expositional character. It's Carl Urban's character, and I wrote a sin about how useless he is. Yeah, there's no reason for Hela to come to Asgard and need an Asgardian to be her wingman. No, yeah. yeah. she and should have all somebody. Therefore, yeah. is so she can tell somebody information, and it's just an, a way to get exposition to the audience. That's mm-hmm. a, and and he has a, like a change of heart at the end. That oh yeah, he didn't really earn any of mm-hmm. that, but he. I realized watching this the second time when we were writing Sins for it that he's useless. That character's useless. Yeah. There's no mm-hmm. reason she would need him or ever do that except they wanted to give us a lot of her comments and the things that she's talking about. They needed somebody for her to say She could
0: it. be talking to herself she in could that be. scene where they're walking through the hall and all the, the stuff comes down from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. yeah. It's just He's just useless. Anyway, mm-hmm. expositional entire character. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this will be a fun one. Can you make a comparison on two of the greatest space movies ever? Apollo 13 versus The Martian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a crazy
3: question. Yeah. I love it.
0: Uh, who uses science in more of a creative way? Which NASA crew would you want behind your back? Which space crew is better?
1: Well, look... Look, the, the crew on the ground of Apollo 13
0: is the best. Yes. They're
1: way better than the Martian. I
0: think ones. we all agree this. Yes. Yeah.
1: The Martian ones would uh, sooner soon just let you just rot on mars or whatever whereas the apollo 13 guys are like w- w- you know ed harris is like We've never lost an american in space i'm not going to start now on my watch yeah the martian you know? i
0: mean uh, childish gambino basically is is solving a problem and that's kind of like what gets him excited childish it's not gambino. Uh, donald glover <laughs> donald glover is, is more excited about like figuring this out than it is like oh i'm saving mark Watney. i gotta yeah. say
2: i was a little offended by that snl promo for this coming week oh show yeah because the it put donald glover and childish gambino up like they were two separate artists (laughs) like chris Gaines. and pretentious you know
1: what that it might be donald glover i'm uh, telling you uh, i'm kind of thinking yeah he's like no no you gotta separate both of them
2: i was originally i was originally offended by this question not because one is fiction and one is reality one really happened Mm -hmm. and and one all those characters are made up so it's almost hard for me to bash the NASA people in the Martian, because they were written to be that way. Mm. Because the story is is about Mark Watney's use of science. Mm. But I, I eventually caved and realized this is pretty fun. Uh, I think the Martian uses science as a movie better if I have to choose between that and Apollo 13. Yeah. That's um, true. Science is a concept, better. yeah. They yeah.
1: Have, they in Apollo 13 they have they have two main problems. That is the trying to get the filter mm-hmm. for the carbon dioxide and then to have enough power to get back home Mm. both of those are are really awesome like how they go through it and all the trial and error and everything but like as far as the the survival on mars watney has very little to work with and he's just gotta he's gotta like sit there and just think about it for a while and be like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna have to do this i might die yeah i'm gonna have to do this though both of them are very intriguing though both ways that they use science I mean, uh, those those guys making that filter. I mean, they're making that out of nothing. Yeah. yeah, they've never done this before. Yeah, and everything. I just find all that that whole like um, space engineering uh, knowledge and smarts and everything. That's just something that's just so over my head that it's fun to watch. Yeah. It, you know, it's like it's uh, uh they they I love the problem solving that they're doing in there. But yeah, I think they like the Martian. Somebody creative by the way
2: part. did come into the comments and say that the kid Jake Gyllenhaal's playing in October Sky did, in fact, go on. We had speculated, but mm-hmm. he did, in fact, go on to become work at NASA. Oh, yeah, oh um, really? And we had like sort of thrown yeah, that yeah, out as yeah. yeah. speculative. I think Apollo 13 and The Martian would make an excellent double feature. Yeah. Um, sort of the early days of space and dealing with the problem, mm-hmm. and then the future days of space and dealing with the problem. Uh, and I love them both. I think what partially set me off about the question in the first time I read it was I don't I don't want to pit these two movies against each other They're both <laughs> a pluses in my book so but uh, but it is interesting to think about I, I would rather have the NASA crew from Apollo 13 uh, but I think the Martian uh, does science better yeah so, yeah I agree all right next one what are your favorite and favorite spelled with the you
0: which is my favorite favorite spelling yes <laughs> The old favorite <laughs> spelling. What is your favorite random outbreak of singing in movies, like Anchorman with Afternoon Delight? Afternoon Delight in Anchorman is just so out of nowhere that it's fantastic.
2: that's the see the thing. You, the question asker stole the best example because yeah. there's no movie where. Singing is more spontaneous and out of nowhere (laughs) than Anchorman. (laughs) And I'm sitting here going through. I found myself landing on like musicals. Oh, no, that's a musical. It's supposed to be songs. Because it's pretty rare that somebody just busts out singing when you weren't expecting it. Um, What's it like being in Love, Ron? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I ended up landing on um, The Hangover, an Ed Helm's song... That starts oh, yeah. out about Mike Tyson's tiger <laughs> yeah. and ends up being about finding their friend, Doug. And I uh, just love that part where he's like, Doug, 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 Doug. Uh, And I was not expecting that the first time I watched that movie. It probably made me laugh more than anything in that movie because you get the sense it might have been spontaneous (laughs) like not necessarily scripted something ed helms just did between takes and they were like we got to put that in the mood that's Mm -hmm. funny um anyway so that was my answer
1: yeah um uh in the 40 year old virgin this is after Carell's had sex the second time yeah (laughs) Uh,
2: the the first
1: time takes like a minute and 20 something (laughs) seconds or whatever and then and then, uh, and then, like, they go at it again, and this time, apparently, it was awesome. <laughs> and, uh, and so, like, she, a- I guess she asks, I can't remember what she asks him. Uh, but then he just goes with the moon and they just go into the aquarius throughout the whole like end of the movie like all the characters are there and right? they're all like out like like holding streamers and stuff and, and dancing it looks like a real like broadway play but out in the middle of like like the countryside and everything uh really fun
0: I was going to say uh, the uh, the Van Helsing Dracula uh, oh. song and Vic oh, yeah. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. But that's not really random because no. she sets him up for that. Right. Um, so I'm going to go with, with Cuban Pete. What? Cuban Pete? In the mask. Jim carries the oh, mask. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very cartoonish all the way through, right? He, he does all these affectations when he's in the mask and he's playing cartoon characters because that's his personality mm-hmm. and everything. But- it goes into full-blown, like, they've got him cornered. Like, the entire police department have him cornered. They're, they've got the mask, and the guy that perpetrated, I think he stole some money and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, he's like, well, I guess he got me. And then he goes into the, well, my name is Cuban, I'm the king of the beat. When I play my maracas, I go chick-chicky-boom, chick-chicky-boom. And then everybody starts joining in at this big dance party. It's fucking great. I love it.
1: And Carrie does the same thing in Cable Guy with that, uh, when he's beating up on Owen Wilson he goes into a song in that <laughs> Oh yeah salt peanut Yeah, salt so yeah. Peanut.
2: <laughs> uh, speaking of mask I have mentioned on this podcast before that one of my favorite 80s cartoons to watch was Mask Mobile not the Artillery Strike something Yeah right. they had toys it was basically somewhere between GI Joe and Transformers this thing existed and you guys if I remember right did not remember Mask I, I know, know. No. yesterday news hit We're going to get a mask movie. Oh, are you excited about this? No. All right. No, no, no. (laughs) And it's uh, the guy that did the the most recent Fast and Furious film. Oh, lovely. Um, Oh, it's F. Gary Gray. F. Gary Gray. Ah. Um, Now, that's probably perfect. That's the studio's like, okay, so we're going to take, because the the show is about crazy vehicles and and vehicular action sequences, and that's all Fast and Furious is. Mm -hmm. So now he gets to, you know, put. I guess superpowers and rockets into the Fast and Furious type sequence. He's probably the perfect guy to do it. I will not go see that movie because that he was not. He's not going to make what I remember Mask being. Is there? Are there any humans involved in Mask? Yeah, or, uh, okay. yeah, yeah. Humans. They all have different, uh, pretty uh, ornate like helmets and armor hmm. and whatnot. Um, I have the toys somewhere in a basket at home. No, oh, really. Anyway, nice. Yeah, no, nothing new under the sun. We're going to remake even the 80s shit you don't remember. Lovely. Yeah.
0: All right, when I'm with these two friends, we will jokingly refer to each other as Bones, Spock, and Kirk. Just sort of started a while back when I jokingly called my friend Spock after she went to her biochem class. Lovely. Uh, I ended up as Kirk and the other one as Bones. It's surprisingly accurate to each of our personalities. So what iconic trios uh, in movies would you guys recast as yourselves
1: and why? Hmm. Um, so even though Reservoir Dogs is... Uh, a a bigger cast than just a trio i think in general it's three people harvey keitel tim roth and um uh steve buscemi
0: they're the first ones to arrive they're the, the first ones to arrive right?
1: and they're there the most the, most of the time yeah and then michael madsen does show up but he shows up essentially for one scene yeah Um, and then same thing with Chris Penn and Mm -hmm. Tierney and then like, uh, the other guys are dead before they even get to this thing. So I, I do believe Reservoir Dogs is essentially a trio. Mm -hmm. So I have, um, I have Jeremy as Mr. Pink because it's like, it's like Mr. Pussy. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Why I gotta be pink. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but no, he's the guy who would have principles
2: about tipping and shit. He would be the one that does that. (laughs) I used to have, God, I've come a long way. Before I ever waited tables, I used to have this whole tipping rant. Oh, yeah? I never I never stiffed a waiter or waitress or waiter, mm-hmm. ever. I, I, I thought that was terrible. But my philosophy was that if the service is bad from the waiter, I tip bad. Mm-hmm. I tip, but I tip bad so mm-hmm. that he knows I'm disappointed. Mm-hmm. Now, if it wasn't his fault because he had too many tables, then the natural progression is he goes to his boss and says, I'm getting shitty tips because I have too many tables to provide good service. And they the solved the problem that way. Ah, okay. Or he realizes, man, I really am a bad waiter and I deserve shitty tips. I should do better. <laughs> and then when the service was exceptional, you go above and beyond to uh-huh. reward them and let them. I had this whole rant I used to do in college all the time to, to sort of justify being poor, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've, I'm completely on the opposite end of the spectrum now. And probably because somewhere in the middle I had a couple jobs waiting tables. <laughs> yeah. And I learned what it was actually like. <laughs> uh, but the first time I ever saw Reservoir Dogs, I did sort of like that ring yeah that yeah so you're and not he's there. making
1: a good point man um but no like uh i, I and i and i also i just think because mr pink is is probably you would it, uh, there's no honor among thieves but uh he's probably the most principled out of all of this group you would I mean, maybe mr white after his, after all this
0: uh, i guess know. they all kind of have their own moral compass yeah you know? Uh Bashemi's more interested in figuring out who the rat is and like you know why this happened and mm-hmm. and white is more concerned about just getting orange, you know, yeah, better,
1: right. I have you as Mr. Orange Barrett. All right. Uh, you, you would got you, you would definitely be the guy who is undercover and is like, you know, pretending to like us and everything. <laughs> but then you would also you would also be in that deep kind of cover where you actually start liking us and everything. <laughs> uh and you know, you would be like, you know, and I'd be like that girl's ass and you'd be like right over here on my dick, you know. <laughs> uh that's definitely a Barrett thing to say. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> no. I'm just kidding <laughs> um but i i i and i'm gonna make myself mr white here because i feel like of all of us in this group i've i i i i relate to mr white a lot because of the i'm just too old for this shit type of thing <laughs> uh because i worked in movie theaters for so long and like it was the it was that sort of like you know i'm going to be professional I, <laughs> i guess most of the time uh and uh i'm gonna do my job and everything but i'm just fucking tired and and uh that's where that's the way i end up on that
2: you're gonna be okay (laughs) what are you a doctor all right so i picked the three amigos actually this was a difficult question for me to answer because it's not easy to find film trios Mm -hmm. yeah no kidding and when you do one of them is almost always rock stupid (laughs) <laughs> yeah. That's true. like the first thing I thought of was Trapped in Paradise with oh, Nicolas Cage yeah. John Lovitz and Dana Carvey but Dana Carvey's characters almost an inanimate object in that movie he's mm-hmm. so stupid mm-hmm. and i didn't want to have to put that on one of us in this room so i went three amigos granted they're all a little stupid but at least we spread it around yeah they're I'm, hollywood stupid i made chris steve martin amigo because he's probably the most charismatic of all uh, yeah thank uh, you i made barrett the chevy chase amigo because he's probably the more poetic romantic and sometimes aloof uh, i get to
0: <laughs> attend el guapo's uh, birthday right <laughs>
2: Yes, you, you get to be the one that says, together we ripped the horses and rode off on the women. Uh, and then I'm Martin Short's amigo because I'm the goofball always making bad jokes.
0: <laughs> I like that
2: one. Yes. By the way, uh, my wife still falling for the male plane joke. Just so you know. Oh, nice. every time uh, every time a non commercial jet goes over, it's just like a you know a prop plane. I go, oh, it's a mail plane. And every time, how do you know? <laughs> Can't you see its little balls? <laughs> and then she hits me.
0: <laughs> I had initially thought about uh, the Big Lebowski with uh, ah. with uh, Walter and the dude and Donnie, and so Jeremy as the dude, and Walter is Chris, and me is Donnie. So you can say "shut the fuck up, beard" yeah. all the time, uh, but I think a better and more fun example would be Jaws. Mm. Oh, and cool! So we got uh, we've got the uh, the sheriff Brody, uh, who is uh, Roy Scheider. That is going to be Jeremy. Oh, uh, you know, just mm. uh, figuring things out as you go along, smart and uh, trying to warn people and trying to do the best thing. Uh, we're going to have uh, me as Hooper, the mm-hmm. Richard Dravis character. Uh, who's a big old nerd and socially awkward and kind of squeamish and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but still like interested in the adventure. And then Chris is Quint. Man. I'm going to be
1: drunk-ass Robert Shaw, man.
0: <laughs> well, if any of the three of us was going to be Quint, it has to be Chris. Yes, it definitely it does. does. <laughs> and not like, uh, I think I put it, uh, instead of like, not irascible, more wizened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because once you get uh, Quint out on the boat, You know, the guy just just melts like he's he's so much fun to be with. And like he's sharing all these stories. He's so knowledgeable. He's just like, we're going to do what it takes to get this done. Mm -hmm. And I love that character, man. Yeah. Such a good character. Yeah. I like this question, too. Yeah. Uh, You want to do a couple more? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I like this one, too. I recently spent some time in Australia. Australia. Mm. Uh, for a film class during the Sydney Film Festival. That sounds cool. We learned about Australia's history and culture from film, their film history, current film initiative for Aborigine and international filmmakers. Um, their host was an Australian actor. That's pretty cool. My question is, if you could do the same, spend a few months in any country being fully immersed in learning about all their film history and culture, what
2: country would it be and why? I saw a post on Reddit yesterday that said Australia in a nutshell, and it was a picture of a beach. And in the foreground, there were two snakes completely twisted around each other, trying to kill each other. Right behind them, there was a a, a dingo watching them, and behind the dingo, there was a shark in the water. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not, well. I don't know anything about Australia, but that's pretty funny. Um, I'm going to get mine out of the way quick because I don't have a ton to say. Uh, Hong-, Hong Kong, man, The Dark Knight really did a number on me, mm-hmm. and I want to. I would love to immerse myself. I love big city skylines. I love Tall, cool buildings with interesting architecture. Mm-hmm. I love nighttime cityscapes. Um, so just just visually, I would like to take you in Hong Kong. But then I'd, I know so little about the culture. I could immerse in the history of Hong Kong cinema. God, I could yeah. probably spend years over there and only scratch the surface. Uh, the, the food and the cuisine scene, um, you know, if, if money wasn't an object and I had all the free time in the world and I was going to pick a place in the world to go immerse myself in, it'd be Hong Kong, baby. Mm,
0: the movies alone would be unbelievable because, you know, the stuff that we get is just maybe a half a percent Mm -hmm. of the shit that comes out of there, and there's got to be so much more breadth uh, to to the genres and all that stuff, and we just get mostly Kung Fu or action flicks, and- a lot of those are pretty great yeah
2: yeah so, yeah imagine imagine what a hong kong comedy looks like yeah yeah they're yeah. not gonna they're not gonna bring that over to the hollywood 27 no nope. <laughs> maybe not no
1: nope. uh i'm gonna go with france uh, ah we, ah, oui, oui. oui. yeah uh, i have led you to it <laughs> that's right uh and and more and more the more i see of uh french cinema and everything the more i want to like i want to right? know it more than i want to know it more than just about any a film culture there is because yeah. there's so many interesting things that have come out of there and everything um so yeah i'm gonna go with france on this i think it's a a, a huge wealth of uh, movies and studying and everything that i would really enjoy
0: you could really spend months and months and months just digging in literally to the film culture itself mm-hmm. oh man not to mention Can- the food yeah the food and the women and yes. the women that's <laughs> and right the horses
1: that's right <laughs>
0: I really want to go to Sweden uh, mm-hmm. because I think they've got really interesting movies. Everything mm-hmm. just about everything I've seen from Sweden is is really Fucked complex. Up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Complex and interesting and the scenery, the the idea of Stockholm and like their the fact that they're clean mm-hmm. and the, the fuck <laughs> they're clean <laughs> they're cl- it's a clean city. They've got they've got fjords. Yes. I want to hang out in the fjords. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to do a sub answer because I I don't have a handle on how good the the cinema is besides the the few that I've seen. So I want to go to India, man.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh I think there's so
0: much to cover clean. in
3: India. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's well,
3: not as clean as Sweden.
0: Depends on where you're at. Uh between Mumbai and Bengal and Delhi and all that stuff, like you could just get this rich cultural from each end of the the country to the other i mean it's it's in my mind it it's very much like the us where mm-hmm. uh it's not as homogenized but then you see people that are really into us cinema what does that mean there's so much variety in us cinema so I would love to get into India and just like explore the little subgenres and of course the Bollywood stuff, but like you know all the other stuff that's coming out of there. I have a, a feeling there's a lot more there than Americans typically get exposed to, similar yeah. to Hong Kong. And
2: stuff. I have a feeling that Bollywood Americans may be misapplying that word. Like I have a feeling it may be more of a genre in India. Yeah, and that the not everything looks like because. You tell me Bollywood, I have a pretty clear visual image of what I'm about to expect mm-hmm. from the handful that I've seen. And I, they can't all, all the films in India can't be that. Right. Um, they're not all going to be colorful musicals. Uh, I want to see what else they're making. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a good pick because I, that's totally off the radar for me. I know jack shit about India. Yeah. Except that there's way more people there than there are here. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> that is
0: true. Okay. I was wondering what actor or actress has the biggest differential between their talents and the careers that they have had? Uh, for this person, it has to be Toby Kebbell. Uh, guy's a phenomenal presence, but his career has been middling <coughs> Skull Island yeah, at best. And sadly, he looks destined to be considered a mocap uh, person. Uh, this is from
1: uh, a person in the Highlands of Scotland. Nice. The Highlands of Scotland. You know, um, I, I think Angela Bassett goes under this group because Ooh. I feel like she's great, but she's been relegated to sort of a character actress ever since uh what's love got to do with it Mm -hmm. she's sort of just been kind of uh they'll put her in some like you know she's um you know she's the secretary of state or something like that Black panther yeah they'll do they'll do that but it's never like and and it might be getting to the point now where she might be like too old to actually do these big lead Mm -hmm. things but back in the day when she was of the age to be a leading actress i feel like they really wasted her now she has 92 credits she isn't in in, any like need of work or anything like that so uh, that might be a little bit of fudging of the question because uh they may be asking if they don't get to work that often she gets to work a lot but i feel like she should have been the lead in a lot of a lot of movies in her life too so and gorgeous Mm -hmm. and awesome and how in the world did we not have her as like a main leading actress in a lot of stuff especially in the 90s she's
0: she's a force man Mm -hmm. like when she turns that on she she was in a lot of those american horror stories Mm -hmm. um where she'll play either like a witch or she'll play um somebody's uh what was in the last one which i don't know she played some some towering looming character and anytime she switches that on mm-hmm. and she's just like locked in mm-hmm. she's you can't not look at her on screen yeah i agree
1: i love her in contact man contact she's is, great yeah. yeah i mean and and she's she's pushed to the side in that too but she does have some she does have a great moment, especially towards the end, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I feel like we, we wasted Angela Bassett as far as, like, <laughs> uh,
2: um, from an acting standpoint, I, I'll i just toss out Kevin James. I think I've talked about this before. Or mm-hmm. I think Kevin James is funny, mm-hmm. but other than the hitch, I don't think any of the movies he's made has been funny. <sighs> Anything? I mean, I, I chuckled a couple times in Paul Blart because yeah. he looks funny riding that scooter. Yeah. but But you're right yeah nothing i don't think his filmography represents his potential talent but i've talked about that before my real answer i'm i'm jumping out of actors and we're going to go to directors and i'm going to say sophia coppola Mm -hmm. uh, who i have now let's not talk about her acting thank you well no (laughs) she's a director because of her acting um now this is francis ford's daughter she's in godfather three as an actress she's terrible yes uh She's made five or six movies at this point. Uh, The first one that I ever knew her as a director from was The Virgin Suicides, Mm -hmm. uh, which I think is excellent. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a Josh Hartnett movie for you. Oh, yeah. Um, Forget that he's in that. Um, James Woods, too. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people in this movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Really good mood, compelling story, compelling characters. uh, And that one holds me all the way through. Every other one of her movies I've seen looks visually stunning. And has a story that bores me to tears, <laughs> including Beguiled, which I just saw a it? few weeks ago with Colin Farrell and Nicole Kidman, Nicole Kidman and there's two other p- famous people in this. One of the Fannings, L Fanning and kirsten dunst yeah. um because every other movie so a be a couple of minutes it was a
1: remake of another *Beguiled*.
2: was it really mm-hmm. was the other one boring <laughs> uh, i don't know i think it was
1: a. it might have been a clint eastwood movie um and the guy who did it did the dirty Harry* movies too I okay
2: think. it's basically two hours of sexual tension that doesn't really feel real hmm. and then an event happens and Colin Farrell screams for the rest of the movie.
1: Yeah, was Don Siegel did uh, <laughs> did a Clint Eastwood version back in 1971. But it
2: looks amazing. Uh, does it look nice? I watched the whole thing because of how gorgeous it is. Same with Marie Antoinette. It mm-hmm. looks amazing. I just don't give a shit about the characters on screen. Uh, even the bling ring, I thought, looked great. And yeah. this is this should be a more compelling story because it's true. Yeah. And I couldn't get into it at all. And so I feel like there's, there's a talent there that we're missing out on because... She's not bringing the full picture every time, and I don't know why. Maybe, maybe she had a collaborator on Virgin Suicides, screenwriter, perhaps. I don't know. Um, but she definitely has tons of talent behind mm-hmm. the camera, and I'm I'm waiting for her to put it all together again.
0: She even did that uh, Stephen Dorff movie. I think it was called Somewhere. Yeah, that was just talk about boring, man. I've I've never been more unmoved about anything in my life. I was watching that movie. And that one doesn't have the look or feel as the stuff like Lost in Translation and, and things like that. But um, oh, Lost in Translation, I always forget that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's probably better than Virgin
1: <laughs> Suicide. Yeah, the one that the one that has the poster in front of it, it's right next to me. It's looking. I always for it? some
2: reason I don't think of that as a Sofia Coppola movie. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um,
1: it it doesn't. It's not as abstract as those other ones that mm-hmm. come out. Even Virgin Suicides, which I like is um i don't know it says it's, it's still got some abstract to it mm-hmm. hearing lord the translations sort of straightforward even though it's moves a slow pace or whatever mm-hmm.
0: you know i've i speaking of missing an opportunity i feel like we've missed an opportunity with marley matlin
3: mm-hmm. um,
0: mm-hmm. marley matlin was in children of a lesser god where she won an oscar and that was her first role that was her first movie role ever and then since then I remember her being in a Seinfeld episode, uh, very famous where she plays a deaf woman. Mm-hmm. Other than that, what else has Marley Matlin been in? She yeah.
2: was on that show with Mark Harmon, 90s. Starts with an R. Mark Harmon and Marley Matlin, it was some kind of legal show, I think, a mm. crime investigating show. Well, I realized that there's probably a limitation
0: in how much she could play, a, 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 quoting air quotes, like regular everyman role because of her uh, her
2: ability or disability. Her acting is good enough, you'd think that people would want to write more deaf characters. That's what
0: I'm saying. Why not? Why not put this as a character trait, because it represents a significant portion of the population. Look at Shape of Water, the just one best picture, about a mute woman. Yeah. And that worked out really well. There's, it's not like Sally Hawkins hasn't played other characters.
2: You re- know, reasonable
1: reasonable doubt. Reasonable yeah. doubt.
2: Um, there's a, in Rat Race there's a deaf character huh that's just kind of happens to be part of the characters he's mm-hmm. running around with Seth Green I think in that movie it's like his brother or his <laughs> oh, friend yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're sign I mean his deafness plays into the storyline but I don't think it was scripted for a deaf guy I think they hired an actor they liked who happened to be deaf mm-hmm. and that should happen more often for yeah. sure and I probably believe that more today as a 50% deaf person yeah. than I did 10 years ago um, but I've always liked Marley Matlin she's always very unique um, you know I it's it's interesting i'm just now realizing how many people in my growing up years inspired me that were disabled because hmm. i she was on my radar as a kid when yeah. that show came out reasonable doubt i already knew who she was mm-hmm. but jim abbott just came to my mind a baseball player mm-hmm. who, yeah. who had a de- yeah. deformity. i actually got
1: to i actually saw him uh at an indians game i went in person i saw him it was a kind of a it was an interesting thing because I could, I could barely see him switching the glove over after he threw the ball. It Crazy. was seamless, wasn't it? It was. It? Yeah. it was unbelievable. I mean, uh, he, I would sit there, I was sitting there looking at him like, I don't see it. I just don't see it. And I finally caught him a couple of times, but most of the time, yeah, he's got, as soon as that ball is released, he's got the glove already on the,
2: yeah. on the hand. It's amazing. Yeah. I, I maybe don't give my parents enough credit for putting, Good stuff in front of me that inspired mm. me because um, I'm just I'm just now realizing that. And mm. now that I, as I consider myself a disabled person and today, um, I'm glad that I had that growing up.
0: Yeah, I just think there was a way to expose Marley Matlin's talents that was definitely missed mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason, whether it was just you know doubts about <laughs> reasonable doubts about yeah. why, how, what she could do. Well, which she is S- proven wrong. Even
2: Seinfeld made her character all about her deafness.
0: They did, but they also showed her as kind of a badass too. Mm-hmm. They did, um, superhuman because there's no way she could have rid their lips when yeah, they were doing that all that stuff. Fantastic, but man. it is great. But she was like, you know, he says, "What are you deaf?" And she's like,
2: "Yeah, motherfucker,
0: well, yeah. She say motherfucker." But yeah. still, um, so yeah, I, th- I just think there was there was more there, and you know, she's still alive, we could still get some good stuff out of her.
2: Yeah, no, I agree, I agree, and it, it, it almost certainly has to be that people just don't they don't break out of their bubble enough mm-hmm. to think about that. Um, you know, maybe I'll write a character who's deaf because I want Marley Matlin to be in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, I all think right. that's all our questions. We got a little bit caught up on some questions. Yeah,
1: and and we'll probably have to have an we'll have to have an episode at some point yeah. where we catch up even more because we do have a big backlog, and I still have a few that I haven't even sent to Barrett yet. So <laughs> yeah. so there's still quite a few out there that we want to answer, but we haven't just don't have the time for it. But uh, that'll do it for this week. Keep going to syncast uh, presented by CinemaSins and giving us your thoughts on this episode. Uh, love the comments. Love. Uh, Love uh, answering all Yeah, you guys. yeah. And uh, keep going to Reddit. Keep going to SoundCloud. Keep going to a lot of places that you can find us on this. Uh, but uh, that'll do it for this week. It's Chris Atkinson, Jeremy Scott, and Barrett Share. We'll see you next time.
0: Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube,
1: Twitter, Facebook,
0: and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasense.com.
2: We just ordered. So we're like 50-50 on working gear that we bought for the studio, right? (laughs) Like half the shit we've ordered arrives broken. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah. I'm not not even,
0: I'm only barely exaggerating. No, I mean, what the, it's a whole butt computer, like, and that's the only explanation. It wasn't like, hey, did you try turning it on and off or whatever, which I did. Uh, But there was no troubleshooting. It was like, well, that's fucked. Did you try putting it in rice or sticking it in the freezer? (laughs) Put, it, put the entire console in rice <laughs> for five days and see what happens.
2: My reputation never been worse, though. Oh you must like me for me. There
0: was another uh, artist that came out recently and had a few songs about like how they're, they've got a shitty reputation. I'm so sick of that.
2: I mean, I get it, but yeah. I'm sick. I mean, nobody wants to hear that shit. I don't know. I mean, to a certain extent, I'm sure she's playing to a segment of her audience that does want to hear that. Do you think? Do you, I mean, I just saw an article yesterday that was like, okay, f- bitches, let's stop with the Taylor Swift hate. It's gone too far at this point. Like, how has it gone too far? I how do you not it think there? it's gone too far? I, okay, who hates She Taylor covered Swift. an Earth, Wind, and Fire song oh, okay, and Twitter right. went ballistic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that makes sense. And that was one of the stupidest things I've ever seen in my life.
3: So she has been taking and I saw a great tweet (laughs) that said,
2: so Kanye puts a fake naked wax tailor in a music video and it's art. But she covers an Earth, Wind and Fire song and she's racist. (laughs) Oh, is that the narrative is that she's racist? I guess it was racially insensitive to take that song and do it in a a white person hit country style. That she culturally appropriated that song. That was the narrative. Yes. Mm -hmm. And yes, that's proof we've gone too far. There's nothing wrong with Taylor Swift. No. No, there's nothing wrong with Taylor Swift. She's fine. It's a bad cover. (laughs) She writes music. She plays the guitar. She sings. She's wholesome. Why are we picking this person? Chris Brown is still out there, people. He is. All right. Just saying. Let's get a little fucking perspective. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. All right rant over mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so he did
0: get a rant in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm still getting caught up on uh, silicon valley and like at the end of i guess the third or fourth season it's where uh ehrlich loses everything and he has to get bought out by uh raviga or whatever it is. okay yeah and uh he comes out and he's got that ornate like pipe thing that he's smoking in on the patio yeah ehrlich is and uh richard comes out and he's like um you know if you're interested in the cto position you know you can put out a thing and uh the guy's like <laughs> and looks like it's very late and i'm very high <laughs> it's like clouds pouring out from... i love that show so much yeah it's great you want to keep that open i kind of like the light coming in i'm good with it, don't we only, it only the, reason, the
1: only reason why we had it closed was because of the sound
0: it sounds pretty good
1: and i don't i mean it was just a it was a theory that it would bounce off better if we had that
0: (laughs) i'm kind (laughs) of kind of glad we had it closed when that lightning struck oh jesus yeah no kidding (laughs) jeremy would have run out (laughs) oh jesus (laughs) oh jesus (laughs) isn't it cool seeing the the waveforms
2: yeah it is yeah yeah okay yeah Chris uh, can't see it though. No, no fuck right. Chris. Yeah. I'll hold up a mirror.
0: Fuck me is what I'm always saying. <laughs> <laughs> I had. Can in, you see it behind me? By the way, like in the reflection of whatever. No, I don't know if I told you guys this, but when I was at Vanderbilt, I was I had this wonderful Indian intern uh, that was so sweet, Shravani, and I was super busy all the time. But every once in a while, I would go back to my desk and play like a little video game, like a like on MiniClip or something like that, and just like take my mind off of it. And I had literally sat down and wanted to spend five minutes just like decompressing, and so Shravani comes in, she's like, "I got a question about this patient paperwork or something like that." And I was like, "You know what? Not right now I'm really busy." And- ha. <laughs> and i was i was i had the blinds closed on my window behind <laughs> me and i was doing this i was like doing this little jumpy game or something and she's like no you are playing
1: a video game right
2: now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and i just looked down and i was like uh,
2: oh. i love that she called well, you on and, and
1: you know what that always that always seems to haunt you too because like anytime someone sees you doing anything like that they assume that's what you're always doing i know doing.
0: <laughs> i know i wasn't even trying to be a dick i was just like give me a second like,
1: <laughs> it always happened with uh, projectionists at uh, especially hollywood 27 you would go around and you would be like for uh, you know hour straight be going around threading projectors <laughs> starting them up all that going and it's a big building it's like an mm-hmm. air it's like an uh, airport terminal and like you go through all this, and then finally you've got that thirty-minute window where you don't have to do anything, and everybody else in the building has that thirty-minute window as well. And they come up and they see you reading newspapers and stuff, and <laughs> yeah. they're like, "Gosh, you guys have it you have it made up here, don't you?" <laughs> yeah, I guess we do. Fuck you, concession manager. <laughs> That's you right. Don't, no,
2: you have to work all the time. Double cut that. <laughs> you have seen that.
1: I've seen the scene. (laughs) I've seen the movie.
3: I really would love it if you cut this.